show where you decide the topic from love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. What's up? Are you, uh, I know that you're not welcome on Twitter anymore, but... You uh, you might browse here and there, as far as I understand. I no, am a never? a never lurker. Okay, so you aren't on Twitter, and even if you were, you might not follow the account of Adidas. Are you familiar with Adidas, the sportswear brand? No, I am not familiar with Adidas. <laughs> what woke shit do they do now? Uh, could I? Is this even? I guess it qualifies as woke. It's just outright bizarre. Okay, so Adidas, twelve hours ago, pin tweet. I can't show it on the screen, but mostly this is an audio show anyway. But um, uh, Adidas tweets 12 hours ago, pin tweet on their account, twitter.com slash Adidas. We believe women's breasts in all shapes and sizes deserve support and comfort, which is why our new sports bra range contains 43 styles. So everyone can find the right fit for them. Um, Okay, that's that's fine. But it comes with a picture of oh, five no. by five, nothing but bare torsos of some of the most disgusting boobs you've ever seen in your life. Adidas Twitter. Yeah, just just go there and check out the pinned tweet real quick. All right. Uh, and there's not a single sports bra to be seen. Well, it's not just, all these boobs are bad. Uh, maybe not all. Maybe not all, but... Uh, the bitch with vitiligo, if it wasn't for the vitiligo, those would be fine titties. <laughs> uh, Some of them have nipples pointing straight at the floor. That's all I'm saying. Let's see. Okay. Um, vitiligo tits are number one. Okay. Uh, sans vitiligo. And then bottom right, the lowest right, go up one. Those aren't so bad. Uh, it seems like those aren't so bad is really the best that you get out of this collection. But okay. Okay. Go to the middle row and then to the far left. Those boobs are fine. They're just like a little wonky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're a little cockeyed, but as far as this compilation goes, higher ranking than most. Oh, I don't even, and then go over two more. Those are fine boobs. Uh, not the anyway. black chick, obviously. This, but this, the one next to it. This already Look went at on. those big brown nips. That is Nat Geo shit right there. There are those some are the pancakes. Those are the brownest nipples yeah. I have ever seen. <laughs> this already went on much longer than I thought it would. I just, um, I don't know why I thought this was worthy of public attention. It's just here we are that 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 uh, American corporate advertising somewhere there was a, a meeting of the greatest marketing minds and they thought I got it. Just show a five by five compilation image of the weirdest boobs and say we make sports bras. Okay, these are not the weirdest boobs. They're pretty weird. Okay, yeah, look well. look at the second row, second from the left. Like, yeah, there's those are no. Big- floppy titties there is no sports bra that can secure those it just doesn't exist Listen, i don't know what to tell you okay but i used to have tiny perky little boobs and then my my baby has just 
destroyed all of that. So I have a lot of sympathy for saggy tits number 2L <laughs> and then lower saggy tits number 4S over there. Oh, look at the bottom middle one. Those are the, the worst ones. This is clearly a Wednesday show topic, and I've wasted plenty of time, but I just I do think it's culturally significant. Um, and if you do decide to head over there, obviously not safe for work if you're listening at work. But then again, this show isn't necessarily the safest for work or any place either. So um, let's get right into it. You guys know how the call in show works. Most of you, if you are new to the show, there are instructions for how to participate in the description of where you may be watching the stream. If you'd like to participate, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, of course you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. There's a call-in show form for your use there. Uh, we will get to those at the end of the show and we have a lot of them this week, so we'll have to be quick. Other than that, we will catch up with your super chats every half hour. Uh, and, uh, and that's about it. Anything else before we hop into the calls? No. No more boob thoughts. All right. Oh, no. I'm thinking a lot about it. I'm just ah. sad. I'm just thinking sadly about my boobs. That's all. Uh, well. Um... Worth it. Worth it. Probably. <laughs> I'm closing this window. I'm not looking at this picture anymore for the rest of the stream. I, You know the way I found that, too? Like a lot of people did. Not, I don't follow Adidas, but I was just scrolling through Twitter today and someone I follow had replied. So okay. it's like, holy geez. Okay. That does not, this is not what I was expecting to see. Just looking at the general news of the day, but okay. Guess uh, they have the finest sports bras in the game. Gross. Let's talk to, uh, oh. let's talk to the great uh, Pagliacci. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh, you are. Yeah. Great. Uh, how's it going? You guys, I'm the first caller. So I'm allowed to ask that. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. We can establish that we are well tonight. Thank you. So, uh, that's good to hear. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, I uh, I was calling in uh, to talk about bioweapons, and no. uh, I know I know that you guys talked about bioweapons uh, a while ago, um, but I don't listen to the Colin show, so I have no idea what your or your current thoughts on it. If you've been moved away from the whole idea that it's just a weapon, so uh, what do you what do you what do you currently think about that? Pro or or against bioweapons? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Definitely pro bioweapons for sure. <laughs> I Are you talking about like the their legitimacy as like the the idea that they're weaponry? I don't know what you're asking. Uh, whether or not you have the right to bear bioweapons, I suppose. Oh, oh no. like the individual right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I guess it comes down to a question of whether you can house that sort of material or maintain that sort of material without any sort of external threat to other people and i just to be honest i don't know that much about it how how safely and securely stored do these things have to be seems like you got to have some security better than wuhan which i'm not sure all of us do but i, I assume maybe you know more about this than than i do or we do um what do you why don't you give us your thoughts and we can kind of bounce back and forth uh well uh the thing is that in in my in my opinion, uh, I'm I'm no expert on this or anything. Um, but in my opinion, they're uh, they're like a living organism. So you hmm. don't you don't really have the right to own a dangerous animal per se. 
Uh, so I don't see why you'd have the right to own a like dangerous, uh, dangerous microbe, dangerous piece of bacteria, something like that. Um, and the whole like, uh, like containment and whatnot is exactly what I would focus on as well, which is why I would say that, uh, as opposed to something like, even like, uh, nuclear weapons, um, things like that, uh, those won't, you know, get up and walk out of the lab. They won't, they won't, uh, contaminate a wandering bat per se. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty much where, where I'm at with that. Uh, okay. I mean, I can, I can agree in principle, I had kind of had a gut level. I don't want to say rejection, but maybe like uh, gut level skepticism of the animal claim. But I'm trying to think like, do you have a right to own any and all animals? Yeah, I, I don't know. No. I guess I, I haven't really thought about that. Or are there the- moral limitations? Can you own this animal, but not that animal? Is there a right to own this animal, but not that animal? Well, I think that this like big cat thing is weird and bad for society. Hmm. I produced Tiger King. That was a plus. That's a white trash <laughs> <Is> disaster. <laughs> I, I would say net negative for humanity. Well, it got everyone through March 2020 when they shut everything down. That's true. Um, uh, but the okay. uh, the crack pipes that Biden is handing out could uh, could do the exact same. So I don't I don't know that that's a good standard for yeah. whether something. Do, do you know how common this is? Is this more theoretical or are there? In uh, in practicality, almost. are there people who actually possess, say, super dangerous, um, I don't know, just biological material generally? Man, I would I would hope that it's pretty uncommon. That being said, I know that I mean just uh, just like your gut fauna, if you were to culture some some of the stuff that's already inside your body mm-hmm. and uh, like hold on to it and, and grow more of it, undoubtedly that stuff could uh, could prove dangerous. Um, <sighs> So, I mean, you're, you're just kind of like a, a walking sack of, uh, of bacteria and whatnot. And viruses, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's true. You know, the average person has 1.3 trillion virus viruses housed in their body at any given time. Yeah, I think we're more virus cell than human cell. <laughs> yeah. But most are benign and non-disease causing. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I don't think people should be able to possess vials of smallpox like what good could possibly come of that well, i think i think there's got to yeah, be a exactly. difference too between possess quote unquote possessing the bacteria or viruses that are sort of inherent to your existence as a human being versus something that's something like smallpox uh, yeah. is not inherent to your biology i suppose is, do you think there are moral distinctions there yeah, for sure. Like, uh, you know, if, if someone, I suppose, wanted to vomit in a bag and, and keep their vomit, I suppose that's, that's a little <laughs> bit different than, uh, you know, extracting the, the like E. coli inside yourself and, uh, you know, cultivating hmm. that. But I would say that the difference mainly is that you would have to you'd have to do like a good deal of work to actually keep any anything like that alive. Um, and to like grow it and, and such like. Which when you say anything like that, it. are you referring to? Uh, what do you say? What are you referring to when you say that? Uh, I would, I would say, I mean, I don't know exactly what's inside, uh, the average person's gut fauna, but, uh, like E. coli, for example, is something that exists right. inside everybody's gut and that, that well, can be very, very, uh, sickening and deadly. I guess, um, and I guess I hadn't thought about this either. I, I, I'm, like I said, I have no specific knowledge about how to maintain these things. So when you say, let's say you have smallpox. Is that something that you have to maintain or can you just put it in a vial, stick it in a fridge and it stays there for 20 years? Or do you actually have to do things to maintain its viability? 
Uh, it really depends on the thing. I know smallpox, for example, like specifically remains uh, pretty viral after even a long time. I think I read a story hmm. of someone uh, like finding a sample of smallpox in a library book or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it really depends on exactly what it is. Okay. Um, which is why the whole like uh, you know biological organism thing comes into play. Like there, you know, it's like what do you what do you really have the right to like cultivate and keep on your own? You know. Yeah, um, I, I just haven't thought about the limitations of that, if any. Um, but yeah. I'll have to put some thought to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the thoughts. We appreciate it. Uh, any anything else before we let you go? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything else. All right. Well, thank you, man. Have a great night. Yep. Y'all have a good one. Uh, New Tradist is up next. New Tradist, you there? New Tradist, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey. We are well. What's on your mind? Um, I sent an email question. It was very long. Do you think I, you guys are going to get that tonight, or is it too long to address? Well, um, if we could address it now, that'd be better. Yeah, I don't know it that we've really ever long. established a rule. Do you get a call plus an email question? No. Can we just do it now uh, for your call? Do you think that's, uh, will that work? Yeah, we can do that. That's, yeah, let's I'm do that. Okay, so um, this is about relationships. Um, so please clarify any misconceptions I have here. I don't mean to put any words in your mouth, um, especially Matt's. So that's uh, <laughs> normally not a good idea. Also, yeah, tell me how to run my show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's a future call. Yeah, okay. Uh, but your collective advice to, to young men seems to be something like, you know, focus on building yourself mm-hmm. kind of in the absence of and in general disregard for women. Like, they'll come to you once you build yourself. Uh, be tall. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say that's a general fair uh, assessment, yeah. Be tall. Um, that's covered. <laughs> Get a high-powered job to be able to take care of your family and be attractive. That's that's fair as well. Um, know you can overpower women's upbringing slash predicament by being opinionated and a leader and having balls. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, questionable. Um, whatever woman you're dating or interested in, you should probably just marry her. And why haven't you? Your advice uh, to women is something like, Sorry, go ahead. Well, that last wasn't that for me. Mostly, I mean, that's yeah. mostly coming from blonde. But like, yeah, why, why aren't you married yet? You're dating. What, why is she your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I don't right. mean to interrupt. We'll, I'll accept your premises. We'll go from there. depending on how long you've been dating, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, but the guys are supposed to like just work on themselves, figure out their careers, like get their life set up, and they just expect some girl to just pop up at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for girls, it's like you make you make finding a man your job. You don't overfocus on your career or education, and you do what it takes to if you want to be a mom. Um, and if things aren't going quickly, or like you kind of turn through relationships relatively quickly if they're not looking like they're going to be in the right direction. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. So we have like we have women. My concerns are that like women are kind of turning through men to find a suitor, and men are like getting used to a life without female influence. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but people need to be getting married like way, much, way younger than they are. Okay. But say, like, given that, and I, I don't disagree whatsoever about that, given that, like, a guy's focusing on his career, say a girl of quality comes along, how does, like, how does the girl convince the guy to stop working on whatever he's working on or to reintegrate her into his life when he's spent the majority of the last, you know, however long trying to kind of just focus on his own shit? Well, I mean, he should be doing that for the express purpose of being able to provide for a family. If she shouldn't have to like convince him of that. Why so, like, if, if you've you've got your life in one place and the girl's got her life in one place and she's like you're both kind of integrated in your own areas. 
Yeah. And there has to be some sort of like um, intermediary period where you figure out how to make those two lives happen in one place. Right. How do you convince the guy to like, you know, reorient? And how do you convince the girl that like, you know, this is the thing that you should be doing. And like, this is the deal. Take it or leave it. You know, how do you get to that point of, of engagement? Well, I don't think that she should be having to convince nobody should be having to convince anybody of anything. Like if you meet the right person, you're like, oh, all this work that I've been doing is going to help me provide for this woman. And and then that's that. I mean, she shouldn't have to force you into anything or vice versa. Yeah, I think um, no, I mean, forcing is strong. But it's 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 one reason I try to emphasize. I think we both try to emphasize ironing out these things basically immediately, if not date one somewhere in that uh, vicinity, because you don't want to be months involved with a person. And then be trying to convince them about your life trajectory that far down the road. You you want to make sure that your life goals, your life trajectory align uh, immediately. So those goals need to be talked about right away. Mm-hmm. But uh, if those goals are in different areas and it's like, you know, it's, it's a distant sort of thing. Like, yeah, I, I, I would have to upend their lives a little bit. Well, I mean, right, you or, don't have the same. It it should obviously be the woman that should upend her life. Yeah, agreed. I, I wouldn't uh, personally. I, I mean, uh, when when I was in this spot a few years ago, um, four years ago now, if the conversation would have been no, I'm set in my ways and we'll, there's no way to reconcile our goals. I would have moved on. I mean, it, the yeah. the term, it, it's like this is what I want to achieve. Are you in or are you out? And if she's out. Yeah. She's out and, that's and you move yeah. along till you, till you find the one, the you one find who's the in. right person. Yeah. Which requires Which a certain so amount of turning. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but a lot of this is <laughs> transactional. Women used to have dowries. Like people act like, um, like relationships need to be all emotional and based on love and everything. They used to be back when society was more functional. Relationships and marriages were almost purely transactional. Like if people aren't acknowledging the transactional element of marital relationships and they're in complete denial. I mean, you used to actually pay for somebody's virgin daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think uh, to your point on uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Would you call it impersonability? But just it it sounds impersonal. Well, as a man, um, the the other side of that is recognizing that you're making a big ask of that woman and what you what you Mm -hmm. agree to provide is security. Right. And so yeah. you, you make that clear as part of the deal. Hey, I would love to have you along for what, what we're trying to build here in exchange. I promise to provide for you. I promise to offer you security. I promise to build us a great life. That That's, I hope, a little more to the personable um, or it's not all about you as a man. It's about the team. And this is what yeah. you offer to the team. Providing security, that's really important because if she has provided her own security up until that point, which is not a, a bad thing. You have to provide her more security in life than she can give to herself. Yeah. If you're not doing that, then why should she bother with you? Right. That's why. That's why you agree with blonde here that like loving a girl is certainly not enough. Like love and the experience of love is not sufficient for yeah. working out a life and a marriage. Um, but it would seem to me that you know lifelong attachment to one particular individual for you know for the rest of your days. Period. The end. There should be some degree of romanticism involved in that choice. Yeah, that's um, fine. I mean. And front loading all of this. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> but well, like transactionalizing love and and an eternal, an eternal union of two souls um, is a little 
sketchy to me, you know. But they aren't mutually exclusive, though. And once you're into it, um, you realize that 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 takes work down the road no matter what. Once you Mm -hmm. have spent years of your life committed to one person. Yeah. That sort of rekindling that flame, um, you have to put effort into that regardless. Even if even if you think that you're passionately in love when you first meet and maybe you are five years down the road after you've been married, a degree of boredom or monotony will enter that relationship and you have to maintain it regardless. So it's, yeah, I mean, that's no, just that's kind of part true. of the bit, you know, from experience. I agree. Yeah. And for women, uh, love is security. They're, they're so overlapped. They may as well just be interchangeable. Men have this romanticized notion that like women love like they do. I don't think we do. No, no. What do we love, love like? I don't. <laughs> what do men? We love unconditionally, like a, like a woman loves a child. Oh, we love our. Come on, wives. that's bullshit. That's not true. Um, <laughs> but I think that like women, <laughs> women have more biological and practical needs that are innate to their concept of love that men do not have. Hmm. And so it makes us look like you know the concept of hypergamy makes women look uh, superficial, but really it's just a mechanism to keep us alive and our offspring alive. And isn't that yeah. what everybody does? But the conditional, unconditional love bit, once you've made the seal, once you've sealed the deal or whatever. Um, unconditional love does not exist. It doesn't exist. I don't agree with that. No, I mean, it exists from God, from God, from right? God to yeah. humans. Yeah. But you don't, you don't love people unconditionally. Even your most beloved person could do something uh, that would cause you to not love them anymore. I've not found that true in experience. I don't know. What if your kid, you know, that you love desperately shoots up a school? Like you're not going to love them the same way that you did before. You'll still love them. You might like, you know, we're getting long into the call and I want to yeah. get too far into this. But like, you know, you'll, you'll still love them. You'll be very frustrated with what they did and like try to have to incorporate that into your relationship going forward. But um, mm. it know, would be hard for me not to love Emmeline. Maybe if she like shot up yeah. her preschool. Yeah. <laughs> you still love her. You just be like, you visit, be visiting her in jail. Like why on earth did you kill seven people? You know, yeah, they true. weren't even <laughs> seven people I could deal with, but eight people, no more love. Well, there's exactly. a lot of bizarre twists and turns happening tonight, but uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, pleasure. Uh, Always yeah, good to a, talk to you guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. You too. Yeah. You know, on that topic of, of unconditional love and, um, the breaking of of say the the love between a parent and a child, which you think uh, might be the strongest of all all the loves that exist. Uh, I've talked about it before, but that that interview with Peter Lanza, who is Adam Lanza's dad, right. the kid who shot yeah. up Sandy Hook, and him struggling to describe his regret that his son was ever born is one of the toughest things I've ever listened to because it's hard to imagine. And I haven't listened to it since I've become a father, but try to try to imagine what it would be like to regret yeah. the birth and existence of your kid. And that's what he's describing. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of joke about this hypothetical. That guy lived it. And yeah. he seems he to say, I don't want to put words in his mouth. You can go listen to that interview. It's five or six years old. Seems to say um, that, yeah, I, I the love I have for my son is broken. I wish he had never been born. Yeah. Hmm. that's that's hard to do to think about yeah it's uh kind of boggles the mind you know but um okay uh mustache asian is up next mr asian oh you there what's uh what's sorry, up? sorry let me turn off let me turn off the other stream sorry yeah sure yeah mm-hmm. what's so, yeah. uh what's on your mind tonight 
uh, just fine, you know, just trying to apply for jobs. But I mean, the, mostly out of state, trying to get out of state, that's for sure. You are um, trying to leave. Where to? You're, you're coming from Washington, right? You're still there? Yeah, I'm still in Seattle, North Seattle. So, yeah. Where are you yeah. trying to go? Well, I mean, recently the most, I guess, I guess promising opportunity is in actually Birmingham, Alabama. Hmm. Really? I don't know anything about Birmingham. Well, it's a chocolate city, so you know, kind of like 67% black. Oof. But yeah, so yeah. But anyways, yeah, I mean, but at least it's in the rest state for... I yeah, never... but you're Asian, you're going to get shot on sight. That's true. There's going to be a lot of hate crimes committed yeah. against you. Yeah, um, yeah I never yeah. would have ever... Not in a million years would I have considered the South as a possible living place for me. But the way things Too are hot. going... I mean, I don't, I'd rather live in the South at this point over, say, California or New York or any of those places or the way they're turning. I'd certainly rather live here today. But the way they're turning this place 20 years from now, it's possible that Florida or Alabama are better places to live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, like, you know, supposedly like um, the highest ratio of black imprisonment to white, you know, is actually Wisconsin. And the deep self is actually mm. less, like the the, uh, the best in terms of the ratio, right? The lowest ratio. That's really strange because isn't there a white. larger black population in the South? I don't know, but they don't. They seem to just don't. Hmm. They don't have that, you know. So hmm. even like northern states are worse than southern state. So I mean, just way more racist, I guess. I guess so. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, just trying to look for that and. Yeah, so also following the Freedom Convoy thing going on. Yeah, this is uh, this is really great to keep watching. I think I'm just waiting for Trudeau to buckle. I'm waiting for the government to make some concessions here, and I think maybe they will. This is uh, it doesn't given the funding that is going to these guys and the popular support that they have, just in terms of people out protesting on their behalf, not just in Ottawa, but in various places now i think this thing has some real legs it's not just like a weekend event this is they're in it for they're in it for the long term i think yeah yeah yeah. i I mean like the police are kind of wishy-washy they're trying to appease a politician at least the police chief is trying to do the ottawa police are are corrupt man they yeah yeah but that that police chief uh I I'll, you know, I haven't heard. I don't know much of his work prior to this, but the things he's saying right now are uh, not good, not not very respectful of people's rights. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just I don't know, every day, I guess. And if they bring in RCMP, is even worse probably because hmm. you know the feds and things like that. But then right now it's like all about optics, right? You know, like if you really start cracking down, then you basically lost because. You are using violence and yeah, but they'll just they'll they'll coax or create the violence that appears to be. I don't know. I should stop short of saying that's a strategy because I can't prove that they are doing it. But like this, this, this arson attempt at the Ottawa apartment building, the alleged arson attempt and some of these other scenes, it just seems like there are attempts at provoking or creating scenes of violence or destruction where they don't exist as a pretext to crack down or shut it down. Yeah. To, or just to smear them to just to turn public opinion Uh against them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of like January six, right. You know, like one side of a building didn't know what happened on the other side. Yeah. And all of them got, you know, lumped into one 
pile and yeah. kind of basically justification for imprisoning them. So yeah. yeah, and I was like arguing with one guy on YouTube, and he was like, "Oh, you guys are the minority because only like maybe twenty five percent of people are not vaxxed." I was like, "Okay, so does that mean we don't have any rights anymore?" Yeah, you know, like, it's, it's yeah. Like, I like, thought minority rights argument. was was like the basis of the country. Not you're a minority, so you don't count. Um, but that seems to be. I mean, that's that's Trudeau's entire strategy. Well, they're a, they're a fringe minority. Fringe minorities still have rights. That's the premise. I know. But, yeah, it's, um, it's just weird. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the the yeah. So I think the only like major violence was with actually an Antifa guy driving into people. I saw that in yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. I watched the footage um, yesterday or Monday maybe, and that was. You, you see all these uh, uh we, we've seen countless cases at black lives matter protests uh, throughout the last couple of years where you have people trying to gently drive through a road that's still open not even closed down and protesters surround the car and the people have to take off out of fear and they end up hitting somebody and it's characterized as driver runs down protesters even though it was the protesters who went after the driver to cause the whole thing this time This is clearly the driver running people down like it's a guy to be fair. The guy who got the I think he hit four, but the main guy who got hit was standing in the road, which is never a good idea. However, the driver just hit the gas out of what appears to be anger. It was not like fear. I got to get out of here. It's just I don't like this guy. I'm going to hit the gas, try to run him over. And he did. The footage is bad if you go watch it. Yeah, basically pinning pinning one guy between one uh, between his car and another car. Yeah, and then driving through. Yeah, so I think that I think nobody was seriously injured, if I read correctly, which is a miracle given how aggressive that guy was. But but yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. whatever. Speaking of whatever happened to that Somali guy or what what whatever weird African country he was from who ran over the (laughs) he was Somalian. The, the, on the Seattle interstate and just launched the like tranny and the other person into the air. Remember that one? Yeah. yeah. Hero. I, that Hero was the <laughs> real, that was a diversity collision right there, man. Holy cow. Um, yeah, did he go to prison? Whatever weird. happened to him? I don't know. I don't I, remember. I think he's in prison of some sort, but I don't really remember. Like there are no That's a shame. Re- he sent that dyke flying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blonde died, wants him right? given U.S. citizenship immediately. Yeah, I think he, two guys, two two girls died. I think. I know you guys want to bring all these Indian doctors <laughs> here. No, I want to bring some based Somalian James Fields. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was basically complete free act. Free. Casting. I remember when that news yeah. broke, and I felt. I still do. I'll admit I should not be laughing at this. I I absolutely should not be. It was a terrible scene. But like who hangs out on an interstate and and the fact that it was some Somali immigrant, the fact that it was a literal diversity collision. You can't write such things. Oh, it was amazing. I watched that video like 40 times and laughed just heartily every time I watch it. You know, how many times does your fantasy like exactly what you imagine (laughs) come to fruition like you didn't want to see these blue-haired feminists just go flying i mean heather hire it was like bonus heather hire (laughs) yeah i mean heather hire didn't even get hit really get hit she just had she had a heart attack attack, yeah and that's all so yeah Yeah. not even direct impact but yeah so hopefully i can get out here soon so yeah that's uh, well good luck man yeah 
Um, and uh, always good to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, man. Right. Have a great night. Bye. Okay, we are due for a break. God, uh, uh, I want to watch whatever. that again. I'm a piece of shit for laughing at that. No, you're not. Uh, it's fine. Video, but it's just. I mean, what a. It's just one of those events that you couldn't even make it up if you tried. Mm. Let's Holden see. Um, yeah, really quick over on uh, Tippy Stream. Um, a uh, little stanky, sorry, says, "Hey, how ain't Trump the worst president?" I got my Obama phone and my Biden pipe, but all I got from Trump was some motherfucking self-determination. Fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, I, I need that Australian translator to help me out with this one. Yeah, really. But I think I understand. Thank you for supporting the show. Are you good over there? Yeah. Holden Mulray. Hi, Matt. Mrs. Mulray says your skin looks amazing and wants to know if you have any tips. Yes, he he bathes in the semen of his conquests, and that's how he does it. Oh, speaking what? of which, I saw Jackass last night. The new it one? Was so Yeah, it was so funny. Except Is it good? It's like a lot of diversity uh, hires, and then um, there are like too many black people, and there's a chick. Why? A chick in the crew? Yeah, like, and she does all the pussy stuff. Like, she gets stung in the face by a scorpion. It's like, all right. Like, another guy nearly got his nuts ripped off by a bear. And she's like, what oh, kind of bear? A, a big black bear. All right. Now, now I'm now I'm intrigued. And you see Steve's butthole like, up close. It's a whole. Thing. <sighs> I don't I don't want anything to do with that. It was uh, really funny. There was a lot of CNBs, though. I would like <laughs> I would like to see it. But now I realize I'm at that point in life where son of a bitch, I need a babysitter. I forgot. I can't I, I can't just go to a movie theater. Yeah. So what do I do? Um, I'm going to have to figure that out. I got to strategize a whole I need I need a tactical approach to going to see. It's worth it. I think that mm. I think it was it was the first time I've been to a movie theater in like I think like three years. We haven't gone f- for go. Uh, that was last spring that we saw Quiet Place Part Two. So I haven't gone in forever. Was that in the theaters? I went and saw it in theaters. Yeah. Ugh, that might be sucked. Okay. I liked it um, better than the first one. I know where that you disagree is insane. On that. That's I insane. thought it was way better than the first one. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. I hated the first one. And I liked the second one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bill Biz. As midterm elections approach, blue states are realizing that continued ma- continued mandates might be political suicide, although here in Washington state, only outdoor masking requirements will be lifted on February 18th. Amazingly moronic. Outdoor masking requirements. Wow, they really How threw you a bone on that one. I know. Holy cow. So Who kind. the hell still wears a mask outside? I saw some faggot wearing one today in Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> It was like some short minority homosexual man wearing a mask. I was like, I will slap that off your face. What are you even doing here? You mean what are fago. you doing here? A tiny fago. There are, you could be in anywhere else in the country and you have to be in North Idaho, you tiny Mexican piece of shit. <laughs> oh, God. I was so you, mad. You just feel emboldened by Susan right now. Just so everyone knows, Susan loved Blonde's hard R on Sunday. It was reviewed internally. Susan was like monetized. Love it. Put all the ads on that one. I know some Pajit watched the whole stream through and was like, <laughs> I will monetize this. And then it, it happened. I don't know what it is. We've got someone on the inside. I know it. Uh, that, I, know it. I, I had a hunch that even though the hard R was included, that it would come back that way because that's just how YouTube works. Um, dangerous spaces. Biden's new slogan, building crack better. So what did he do? He just he just. Gave a bunch of crack pipes to people. I don't, 
I'm going to be as accurate as possible. And it might be a minor wet blanket. So it's it's going around that Joe Biden is giving away free crack pipes, which in effect is basically true. Specifically, there are health. There are grants from HHS, Health and Human Services, that go to local health departments for the purpose of helping addicts. And one of the options that those local health or one of the suggestions, I suppose, that those local health departments, some of the guidance they're given, things they might spend the money on are safe drug use sites and supplies. Uh, So it is my understanding that some of these health departments have opted to spend money on, indeed, uh, publicly funded crack pipes. But it, it would be slightly inaccurate to say that Joe Biden is or the federal government is personally shipping the crack pipes. The money is going to these local health departments. And if they go, the money goes to say San Francisco where they have a much sillier approach to such things than other places. They might spend it on, on crack pipes. So the specifics are a little murkier, but yeah, that's going to end badly. Uh, Last one for right now was, I just read that one slosher me. Can I please buy monoclonal antibodies so I can live government best? We can give you is free base pipes for POCs, (laughs) free base pipes. It's is uh, that what free basing is? I thought that's when you smoke something out of a spoon. Yeah, I guess. Is it a free free base? Is that we're talking about? I don't know. Anyway, um, (laughs) over on uh, D live Scooby Dooby do right. Thanks for supporting the show. (laughs) Appreciate that. And uh, why, why am I laughing? I don't know. That was a good one. Other than that, we will come back to your chats at the top um, of the hour. I'll have to just circle back with you. Next up is Isenor. Isenor, are you there? Hey, yeah, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. sir. What's on your mind? Holy cow, it's finally working. I've been trying to get it for like two months. <laughs> oh, Tech wow. problems or what? Or you just you you had bad well, luck? I my device or something. I don't oh. know. It hasn't been kind of mobile lately. You got to slip dangerous spaces like a $5 bill under the table and he'll help you out. It's corrupt like that. <laughs> What's on your mind? Um, I don't know if you guys have been following computing forever. Uh, well, I, I know Blonde, you know Dave Cullen. Yeah, I haven't checked his bit shoot in like two weeks. Um, what are you doing to yourself? He's been on fire lately. Has he? Okay, I'll look. Whoa. What was that? That was my son. I was going to say, it sounded like a momentary baby scream or something, but yeah. Okay. So did you want to talk about what Dave is talking about or what? Yeah, I did, but you know, my son's kind of acting up, so I'll just say, Hey, and talk to you guys next week. I I understand. How old is he? He sounds a lot like my son. (laughs) He's about two. Okay. He just wants a daddy. Well, um, yeah, always. Oh, yeah. Well, priorities. I, I completely understand. And um, thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, man. You guys have a good night. You as well. I, I've been trying to get in for two months. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Do you um, we are still committing the sin of co-sleeping and um, we need to That's move right. on from that and get our get our son in the crib. And we plan to do that very soon. But for now, he sleeps in his own kind of mini bed in the bed. 
And I don't know if you have experience with this, but lately he has become a rooster. And by that, I mean, he just cock-a-doodle-doos in the morning. It's about 5.36 a.m. And he just starts making those noise, no, noises like that, like you just heard, and tapping me on the shoulder like this. I know most of you are listening. You can't see what I'm doing, but just kind of an up and down robotic tap on my shoulder. Have, have you ever had your daughter do that? Like, No, she's a pretty good sleeper, but now she wakes up. We're still co-sleeping and she's 20 months and she just wakes up. I don't night nurse her anymore, but she wakes up and she, she'll just be like, boob, boob, mommy, <sighs> mommy, boob, 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 boob. Nurse, she doesn't actually nurse. say it, does she? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she, she knows the command. Okay. Mommy, nurse, please, boob, boob. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I wake up every morning. Hmm. Or she likes to um, sit on my stomach and jump up and down while yeah. laughing and smacking me. So I don't even need an alarm clock anymore. That what we just heard basically is my alarm clock now. You know? What time? 5 a.m.? It's always about 530 or 6. He's a pretty good sleeper. What but a that's fucking when nightmare. What a nightmare. It's not that he's a pretty good sleeper. So it's not that bad. And of course, um, my wife takes care of the, the nightly needs mostly. So, you know, it's not Emeline that big of a deal. Until but... like 930. It's awesome. Hmm. Anyway, I know everybody loves uh, child sleeping talk. I didn't mean the to key is that. to keep them up late. Oh, no, we seven. It's seven o'clock bedtime around here. He's already. Oh, then, and he's making it to 6 a.m. You can't complain. Yeah. You want you want those extra morning hours. Keep them up until like 930. Uh, I don't know. Early to bed, early to rise. I think that's a better, a better uh, approach. So no he's probably not too far of that. Off. Stupid morning people scourge <laughs> on humanity. Tom, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing? Hi. We are well. What's on your mind? Can you hear us, Tom? Article one, section two: the, the number of representatives shall not exceed one for every thirty thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, according to that, we should have eleven thousand representatives in the in the House of Representatives. Uh, right now, we have about one for every seven hundred and fifty thousand people. Mm -hmm. So. Is the U.S. getting too big to be a republic? That's a Probably. good question. Yeah, is it um, is it possible to even represent uh, all the competing interests fairly? Only if everyone agrees, basically, to leave each other alone in their own states. But we've seen how impossible that is. Yeah. What, what do you think? You think uh, it's realistic to increase the size of the legislature, or should we just break up into? smaller countries well the the uh the breakup into smaller countries would be nigh high impossible but uh having you know like in uh star wars where you've got this seven hundred and fifty thousand people being in your uh legislature uh, yeah. i don't see how that's gonna work either so i don't know it's a, it's a quandary yeah, I wonder what the functional difference would be. I mean, 435 in just the House, 535 with the Senate. That's a lot of people. Uh, not that they can represent the interest of every single person, but you just wonder what would there be a benefit to, say, having 5000 of them instead of 500? No, it'd probably just be more of the same. I, mean, the, I think the only benefit think, would be yeah, it'd be harder for lobbyists to find power centers maybe but there's got to be a leader there's always a leader of everything so you just yeah, go to there the would leader. be increasing layers of bureaucracy it sounds like a nightmare mm. when has more of anything in government ever been better it's kind of like um true true words were never spoken yeah. 
it's like you, you just get diminishing returns, you know, it's yeah. um, I, like localized government, I think, is generally better than centralized government. But let's say that we had a 100 different states or a thousand different states instead of 50. Like, is the difference that drastic if, if the states are doing their jobs and you can move among them? What difference does it make, really? Do you really need a thousand? Right, right. No, it would be a huge detriment to the republic. Hmm. Having more. Well, my uh, like my uh, my my area, my um, New Jersey three, we have mm-hmm. it's like one half is red and one half is blue, and then depending on with a population variation between those two areas of southern New Jersey determines who's going to be our representative. Yeah. It's breaking up. I'm not. So, I, I heard... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you were breaking up just a little, but I, I got you. Okay. Um, I would, I don't know. Do we need smaller, smaller, represent more representatives? So we have less people per representative. Sure, no. I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to feel that I was more represented by my representative. But yeah, if you're living in the wrong city. I I think for me it's more of a philosophy problem than um than a numbers problem. You know, it, it, even if if we have five thousand people in Congress, but they all believe that that legislative body should have near full control over all of our daily lives. I mean, what difference does it really make if there are 500 or 5,000 of them? The problem is their philosophy of centralized control. And so, yes. um, yeah, to me, the, the numbers aren't as concerning as just the, the centralization of power in Washington generally. Would you, uh, do you, okay. do you have, do you agree or disagree or have thoughts? No, 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 I, I agree. I, I would much rather, I mean, I don't care if my representative represents a million people, if he represents my views at least, you know, I mean, if I, if I feel I'm being represented properly, then, yeah. then We're just, sure, I'll, I don't care how many other people are in the group, although yeah. I would hope that they would all feel pretty much the way I do and mm-hmm. not be adamantly opposed to some of the things that I believe. Yeah, and I, I think fundamentally I'd like a representative and senators who believe in my district and my state's right to make these decisions and govern, govern our daily lives for ourselves and protect our state from the overreaches of the federal government. But that, that's not the way it works, certainly. And I'm, I think we have... <laughs> you couldn't a, even get that sentence out. <laughs> I, think, I think we have a decent delegation in Montana, probably better than a lot of states, but... Uh, do I trust these people to protect the rights of the state of Montana over their own interests and potential um, overreach from D.C. that they like or big tax and spend policies that bring home spending to Montana that they think makes them look good, even though they just took our money to bring it back here to spend it again? No, I mean, I, I don't really think that's happening. So, yeah, it's uh, that's interesting. I guess some I, I'd. I haven't looked uh, too much at what, how, how the, how, how all of this was supposed to be handled um, in terms of the numerical representation. If we've strayed too far from the original design, I haven't really considered that question before. 
Yeah, I'm not sure when they decided to stop raising the number of representatives. I, I'm going to have to look that up to see what when they decided, oh, well, 435 is enough. Let's cap it here. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the thoughts. I appreciate it. Do you have any anything else to say before we uh, let you go? Sure. I got a, a quote that's attributed to uh, Winston Churchill, but I'm not sure if it's actually from him or not. If you are not a liberal... At 20, you have no heart. If you are not conservative at 30, you have, have no, no brain. brain. I don't yeah. think it, that's his. I'm constantly hearing no, quotes that so are attributed either. to Winston Churchill that he never said. Hmm. Maybe he was just learned and used other people's <laughs> quotes to, yeah. you know, to yeah. make his point. Yeah, that's true. You can say whatever you want and then be like, T.S. Eliot said that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the call, man. Have a great night. You. You too. Let's see. Next up is Red Falcor. Mr. Falcor, how are you? Good evening, y'all. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? You're well. What's on your mind? Fortification successful once again. Um, (laughs) It was a few solid weeks uh, back to back of being nearly dead last. Place seventh this week. All right. Success. Congratulations. <laughs> so, All right. So, so what's you, on your mind? You. <laughs> so um, this is a bit of a call. I don't know how the calls have gone tonight. So forgive me. Oh, just kind of all over the place. Nothing really time. like nothing current events uh, related really at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this is going to be eh, sort of um, the, this is a, a uh, call to the evil dreaded, centrism political centrism Mm. and uh this is why okay um we spend a ton of time in our bubbles right and start to use words that only conservatives use amongst each other and Mm. um partly this is a filtering mechanism to determine who is and who is not on our side you know, it's like if you're um, offended b- by this concept or this word or this phrase, obviously you don't belong here, right? So, so it becomes like an immune system re- reactive to uh, outside elements. Mm-hmm. And all of our confirmation biases, et cetera, become like a hive mind. And, and we have... Um, uh, very active nodes um, that are t- taking in information and filtering it for the rest of the hive, and we begin to not speak to not be able to speak normie anymore, right? And there's several layers of normie, right? But the people who are really in the middle, really, really in the middle, that the, the that the left likes to flame as well. Um, that's who we really need to be reaching, right, on a regular okay. basis. That's what I was going to ask and, is, are you, are you proposing a communication strategy to reach these people or should they, should, yes. do they deserve the mockery and the scorn? No, no. I'm, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm saying that we need to build more bridges into the middle and <clears throat> stop... Stop acting like a hive mind, and and the reason is because we're gonna run out of places to run, 
and the and the FBI is going to come for us in our compound and snipe our dog and burn our building down and that that is not a long-term strategy we can pretend to be the arbiters of the truth and the only truth but there's so much conservative infighting there's even a huge rift between the religious conservatives and the non-religious ones and the religious conservatives of a different kind of religion and and there's so many points of different of disagreement the more languages that we can speak the better so right? um i would agree that, well i mean blonde and i uh, I don't know if we disagree, but we have, I suppose, different levels of optimism in the ability to convince people and also how many people are available to be convinced. But to the extent right. that we I mean, I, I won't give up on that and I'll keep doing that. But to the heart of your question, what is your proposal for how to communicate so, with them? What should yeah, we so, so, so consider the- doing? This is my proposal. Um, the the that we start to consume self-declared centrists as often as possible, and the this what is not cons- easy to What does find. consume mean? What what does that mean? Uh, li- listen to, uh, deeply consume. Oh, like okay, I see. Consume uh, as media consumers. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and and I even have a recommendation for that. Um, Z- Z- Dog MD, which is a ridiculous name, I grant you. Uh, it, it, it is the, is he a medical a doctor channel. or is it something yes, else? Yes, he is. Yeah, okay. he is. He is. This is a uh, d- 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 Dr. Zubin Damania and his recent episode with Dr. Vinay Prasad. Uh, yeah. the, the, they are um, m- medical doctors and researchers. Uh, out of Stanford and the San Francisco area, and they detest the s- 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 San Francisco hegemony, the 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 hive mind th- that exists there. Yeah. The, they are g- 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 generally pro-vaccine, but they do acknowledge that there are risks, and, and they they are few. F- Furious about all of the child masking and vaccine mandates and all the things that the pro-lockdown people want. And they offer uh, consistent arguments against these things. They are so-called alt-centrists. Uh, oh God, I hate this idea so much. I hate it. I hate this idea so much. Let me tell you uh, I why, you though. Would, blonde. <laughs> but but let, let me let me make a point or make okay. you know, make my case here. Okay, so the, the the premise of your entire argument is the strength in numbers thing, but but mm-hmm. I I reject that wholly because I think that having a more cohesive, smaller, homogenous group would just be more effective to subvert. Uh, the the zeitgeist as it is right now. I mean that that how, that's how the left has done this. They didn't always um, right. have the reins culturally. They were able to subvert things as, as a small minority, a small yeah. minority of of people that were highly effective. That's really no, what we I need to do. Agree with that. We need, no, we need more that. extreme and radical people that are more competent 
That's yes, what we need. If, Fuck these centrists. If, if you're still a right. centrist at this point, I just have no utility. I just don't. I'm too tired to convert you. I don't need you on my team. Of course. But, of course. But the, the, this is my point. We, we, we can form a small, small ra, ra, radical group of conservatives who, who engage in constant impurity testing and boycotts and social media campaigns and in-person campaigns. I don't want to do any of that, though. Uh, I, I don't want to care about any of that. Except if you don't, that means that you are going to be ineffective. No, that's not true. That Because that is not the path to efficacy. The path to efficacy is behind the scenes and, and just like these minute cultural shifts where we're subverting people and they aren't even realizing that it's happening. It's propagandizing people. That's really what we need to be doing. Like boycotting stuff. That's never worked. It's never worked. If we boycotted all companies that were corrupt, we wouldn't buy anything ever. And none of us ever do it for a long period of time. Stuff I boycotted two years ago, I'm like, well, I really like these Nike pants. I think I'm going to buy these Nike. Even I do it. So I don't think that's really a way to, um, to be effectual. What is the 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 actual tactical path that you are recommending? Because I'm not um, fully understanding the plan, as it were. I mean, I, I think people need to be getting together in small groups and finding ways using their talents to shift the cultural narrative. So, like, if you um, have illustrative abilities or you're a good writer, shifting the culture through the arts. I think that would be a really good place for us to start. That's um, what the left did. Yes. So that's were, what you're proposing. Yes. They were highly effective in that. And I think that it's really important to take back the culture in that way. Sure. And, you know, yeah. they're already destroying their position by being fucking lame. I mean, did you see our surprise cringe on Sunday? It's like they can't stop mm -hmm. themselves from being uncool. And so all yes, we have to do is true. swoop in there and just create this other narrative. Yeah, where... and that's what the Daily Wire is doing. For, oh, the Daily Wire is so lame, though. Okay. Lame, lame, lame. The, I'm talking they about are, they are the creating. ones doing that. Yeah, they are creating. I mean, they, ha they okay, deserve yeah. credit for that. But I'm talking about, like, things like Murdoch, Murdoch. Like, if Murdoch, if we gave the creators of Murdoch, Murdoch, like, $50 million, imagine what they could do. That's true. Who's going to do that, though? Judge. Joe Rogan has a hundred million dollars, and they're still taking him down. Yeah, I know, but but, but being only because of his surrender too, and Spotify, it's it's a lot so. of his surrender. Yeah, but partly. people always seek out um, what is taboo. Like we did it when when we were younger too. It, it's not necessarily that they need the power of the media behind them. They just need to have like the whisper of of coolness amongst Gen Z and and people that are even younger than that. And then they'll they'll find it because they're tech savvy. So I don't really think that we need that much corporate um, support. Sure, but if but if we don't have some sense of what works with a general audience, uh, we're we're only going to reach the the politicos and the and the people who are really deeply in it. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. We got to wrap it uh, up, I mean, I, unfortunately. No, uh, but. Uh, honestly, I hope that you're right about Generation Z. I really do.
but I but I want us to be able to get out of our bubble too as often as possible without go, going all the way into the fr- fr- fringe leftist bubble to s- s- see what they're up to and then report back yeah. because I think that shtick gets old. Okay, that's yeah. it, guys. Have a good night. Thank you for the <laughs> yeah. call. Appreciate it. Sure. Bye. I don't have a lot of thoughts beyond what you guys were saying, but uh, on the the term centrist is always needs definition to me, almost like anti-vax because anti-vax yeah. is attributed to people who oppose mandates who themselves are vaccinated. For example, centrist is kind of um, it's like a pejorative term, you know, it's uh, it's but well to us, I, I don't think it is to, I mean, but I think that the reason Joe Rogan is so popular and why this issue has become um, such a talking point is that he's, he's very representative of, of the average. But that's, that's what drives me nuts is because to me, and I don't say this as an insult again, um, you know, we talked about it on Sunday. I I respect what Joe Rogan has built. I don't consider Joe Rogan to be a a man of, of obvious principle. And so centrist to me can mean one of two things. Like for example, that accusation is sometimes thrown at me or fence rider or something like that. With that principles, the rules apply to everybody equally. And so that to me is not necessarily that's not centrism in the way that I think of it. Centrism to me is a philosophy that believes compromise is inherently valuable. Maybe I'm wrong, but that is not something that I believe. Compromise is not a good thing in its own for its own sake. I think there are people oh, who no, believe that. Oh, no, that's not at all the connotation that I associate with. Centrist. So I would need clarification by centrist. Do you mean Rules apply equally to everybody, which is kind of one interpretation. Or do you mean, well, uh, anytime there are competing ideas, I'm going to find the middle ground between the two because that's where the truth is. The truth is not always in the middle ground. Sometimes that's more aligned with with what I the connotation that I that I align with um, the term centrist. I think it's yeah. somebody that is generally apolitical yeah. or apathetic about politics and. Uh, they just are averse to conflict, to conflict. And I, I, uh, I don't like that outlook. To me, that's an incredibly unprincipled outlook. Well, most and, people are unprincipled. Yeah, I so. think centrism is is you know the the most common political philosophy, if you can even call it that. Yeah, but it, it lacks a core identity. It lacks core principles. It just right. looks at conflict and thinks, well. How can I find some sort of uh, compromise between the two when in f- sometimes compromise has value sometimes, but only if it's based on fundamental principle. If it's if there's compromise between the mugger on the street and the guy with the wallet, he has a hundred bucks in his wallet. You don't give him 50 Here's and call 50, it good. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, but we do need people like this that are, you know, of average intelligence and malleable for when we recover the cultural narrative. I mean, I'm if I had to convince somebody like you to see my point of view and like give reasons for it, I, I, it would never get anything done. I need pe- stupid people to just be like, okay, because of social pressure, this is what I believe now. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. And I know, yeah, I mean, that's something that's interesting too. I Obviously, I want a world where everyone thinks critically about these things and arrives at the conclusion through all of that critical thought. But but the reality, people I think- People are dumb and lazy. 
Or, I mean, I don't know. I don't know to what to attribute that, but there's, I can't deny that there's a lot of just kind of coasting through life and responding to social pressures. And for me to sit here and deny that after the last two years that we've watched, where people have suddenly decided that I need to stand on the specific circle at the store and wear a mask over my face at all times or else the cooties are going to get me. Clearly, whatever people, whatever pressure they face socially, they'll comply with in an instant. And we've watched that happen over and over again. And that's, uh, you know, that at, at many levels, that is just a stake through the heart of what I suppose I want the world to be. Um, yeah. And I, I, I want to convince people to think critically about these things. But maybe if they don't want to, what can you do? If they don't want that life, then what yep. can you do? Can't yep, force them. Exactly. All right. Um, we are due for a break. Let's uh, uh, let me grab over on Tippy stream here. Deb Stump, I'm- not Dub Step. It's my birthday tomorrow, so here's some birthday shackles. Thanks for red-pilling uh, me with your videos back in 2016, Matt, and for black-pilling me about women's real nature blonde. Much love from Auschwitz. Yeah, get out of there. If that... uh, th- thank you for that, and happy birthday. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Wit Watts, uh, one more, says, Downloaded Hinge this week. They gave me all skinny gals for a day, and then the fatties after that. Is that some new age app that I'm unaware of? Is that is Hinge a dating app? I don't know. Is it like Tinder? Clearly far too old for this already. Anyway, so uh, they baited me hard. I get 20 fats for every one normal weight gal. BRB going to turn gay and see how that goes. Update. All the gays are fat too. Please help. I'm sorry to hear the struggle. Man, it has never been a better time to be a chubby chaser. Uh, like yeah, if you I like a, an ass that looks like a garbage bag filled with cottage cheese and like some fat, <laughs> sloppy titties. Like it is your time. You go out there, get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope. Um, well, I mean, we've talked about my experience many times, but I haven't been in that <laughs> environment for four plus years now. But the amount of low quality women with massive entitlement complexes was unbelievable oh it was unreal um managing your match.com account for like the six months that i did it was truly the most the single most enlightening experience i have had in terms of like the the reality of modern dating for men yeah it uh it was a disaster i never even got one date out of match.com not one that's right the i I, yeah i almost had one but then she flaked Worked out for me though, terrible. so it's fine. <laughs> and I had a date a date every night with like an eligible man. Yeah. That, and I that I was just ruling out for political reasons. Like, oh, yeah. you're too far left, you're too far left. Um, it's just crazy. Um, are you good over there? Yeah. Slosher, um, I read that one. Uh, Kevin Smith. What do elephants and purebloods have in common? A long term memory. Speaking of which, whatever happened to Flurona? That ended quickly. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. Quickly. I forgot about they were saying that for a couple of weeks. It, it's combined flu rona. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's already out of here. Um, Tonenheimer says, "I'm not sure uh, Adidas knows how to play Wordle." I I keep seeing um, Babylon B talking about Wordle, and I have no idea what it is. I see everyone tweeting their Wordle. What is it? Result? I don't know. I don't even understand Wordle, but I see everyone tweeting Wordle with a bunch of colored squares, and I don't know what that means. 
Frankly, I don't care. I'm not going to play the game. You know, I can see but. us get old and disconnected in real time. <laughs> and for posterity, that's really why we do this show. I know enough to know that Wordle involves a sequence of squares in the same way that those boobs were presented in a square made up of smaller squares. Is it like Boggle? I have no idea. Someone's going to have to explain it to us. I've never, <sighs> I don't do anything with Wordle. It's not I my can't thing. learn a new thing. I'm so yeah. tired. Uh, and comment enhanced putting together a compilation of you guys saying horrible stuff. So you'd think I t- I'd tip more considering all the super pack money I'm, s- <laughs> I'm sitting on. Yeah, you're going to sell it to the compilation. You're going to sell it to the same people who did the Joe Rogan one. In, uh, and but nobody in, will give a shit because our yeah. show's not that popular. <laughs> <laughs> Once we and I'll play it on the show and, and be like, oh, look at this, this is yeah. hilarious. And Susan will say, fully monetized. There you go. Just play Matt saying white nigger on loop. <laughs> That's two in a row, dude. You said that. You. <laughs> you can't. Qu- okay. But I was quoting Sargon. And so you I was quoting, quoting you quoting I know, Sargon. I know. But that's we, twice. N word twice removed. We've had a lot of good N word luck lately. Let's not. We have. Let's not jinx yeah. it. Uh, Marlon Moncrieff says this discussion about still loving your child after a horrible deed reminds me of Apple TV's great legal TV miniseries Defending Jacob starring Chris Evans, Michelle Dockery and J.K. Simmons. I love Michelle Dockery and Chris Mm. Evans is also chef's kiss. So hot. Uh, Maybe I'll check that out. I'm looking for a good new series because I've been watching the show Station Eleven. First two episodes are really good and then it descends into this like incomprehensible pile of dog shit and I'm still like watching it because i'm committed to it but it's just fucking terrible okay you gotta watch yellowstone that's right that's right maybe i'll watch it we've been getting Um, into 1883 too the prequel like how the duttons got to montana to set up their ranch and they're on you know like uh the they're not on the oregon well i guess they're they say they're going to oregon they're on you know an old an old west trail and they're going to montana to set up the ranch with a bunch of german immigrants who don't even speak english I am a little worried about saying this word because I don't know what it means. Hold on. Let me look it up really quick. Hmm. Oh, okay. All right. I, I got it. Um, Here is Peepoo Poo Poo Man. Here's to our favorite steatopygic hosts. And it means to have a giant ass, basically. <laughs> okay. I don't know Stea- if I qualify, but. Steatopygic. Hmm. Who were we talking about having a giant ass? I think you were talking about yourself. You? Was I? I can't remember. I think no, that's... I was talking about if if you're a guy, the fatty's chasing thing. Oh, maybe. That must be it, right? When did I say I have a giant ass? I think it came up under the TNA discussion. And you said, I'm going to go with A because I feel self-conscious about my pie A. Yeah. I think that's how that went. Something like that. It's not, no, I don't. It's, I'm not like in freak territory. I'm just yeah. a, like a pear shaped woman. It's somewhat unfortunate. Okay. Hold <laughs> more. Hi, true seekers. Your opening prompted a question. Normal decency standards, except some female breast nudity. If the areolas are covered. So why is male chest nudity acceptable? Cheers and God bless. Um, because of the, the non-functional nipple. Yeah, I think, uh, well, there's a, there's a certain sexualization to the female breast that doesn't necessarily exist for the male. And I guess I suppose the people would say that that's unfair. That's an inequality, but it's just it's just true. Um, just just is. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, can I sit here and clutch my pearls and say that I was aghast by this presentation? Like, that's not really my point, you know, of course, but it's just so bizarre to me that 
25 or whatever bare boob torsos would be a marketing strategy to sell me sports bras. I don't know. Uh, it's like this uh, body empowerment thing. Like, yeah. oh, look at all these chicks with weird titties. I have weird titties. I guess I'll buy an Adidas bra for weird titties. <laughs> Do you have weird ones? Because we can. <laughs> we got sports bras for weird ones. Uh, anyway, all right, we're a little behind on uh, getting to our callers, so let's um, let's stop it there, and we will uh, come back uh, at the end of the show to your chats. Appreciate it, you guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Frank Underwood is uh, up next. Frank, thanks for your patience, and uh, good to hear from you, man. Hey. Hello, Akbar. <laughs> Hi. Is that your national anthem by now, or is that just Sweden? No, we're, we're also a Norwegian star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, are you, you the guy that the... Skag can never read uh, his super chats? Is this the same, Frank? What? No. Oh. No, no. I'm the Norwegian You're thinking guy. Phil. Come on. You're thinking Phil. Phil, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blob. Phil is a Phil know, is an American man. <laughs> is he? Has does yeah. he ever call it? Oh yeah. In fact, he's hanging out tonight. He's in the waiting room. I don't know if okay. he'll get in, but I'm sorry, all all audience members. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, you're pretty racist dude. too. <laughs> I'm very racist. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Proceed. What's on your very racist mm, mind? Yeah. Um. Well, actually, I, I wanted to ask you guys about your your thoughts about uh, free will. Like, do mm. we have it? And if we do, how much do we have? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I suppose to the extent that I believe in a moral framework, there's got to be free will for that for there to be a such thing as moral and immoral behavior. If you have no control over your choices or actions, then you can't really be moral or immoral i i would think it's kind of a necessary consequence yeah yeah or a necessary premise i don't know if it's a consequence but they have to be uh free will would have to exist for morality to be a concept right yeah and in terms of the religious perspective i mean um the free will of man caused the fall of the world into into sin right so i think that from a biblical perspective free will is it's necessary and it's the basis of um our suffering <laughs> hmm. the source of our suffering so i think it has to exist although i understand this concept of predetermination as well and i think you do have to trust in god i'm still trying to reconcile these things yeah well my view at least i, I don't believe in uh, that we're like governed by faith um mm -hmm. and even if um even if we were, you know, it wouldn't hurt me to to believe in free will. But if it was, was the opposite way, you know, uh, if we have a free will and I just believe in faith, that would make me kind of like passive dude because uh, it's just going to be faith anyway. Uh, yeah, that yeah that's true. It would, it would justify uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know, laziness, I suppose, not trying, but it would also justify you in being a bad guy. Like, I don't have to yeah. try to be a good guy because it's all predetermined. Yeah. Yeah. All those people I killed, it was just fate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It, no, uh, did but, you, what, what else, what other thoughts do you have on it? Well, I do think our free will is kind of limited though by, by uh, our biology for one. Mm -hmm. Um, and our, our environment, um, 
because we we are affected by the environment you know everyone around us everything we we learn uh, every kind of action we we do it also affects our ability to to make choices uh, yeah basically basically our our willpower and, and discipline and discipline is just willpower over time like you can kind of uh, yeah, choose away yeah. your your free will if you if you get into I don't know like heroin and like permanently damage your brain in in, in some way. Hmm. Yeah, Dark. that um, that makes sense. And, and there's certainly a biological component. One of the clearest lessons of my life to me in that was um, my wife was adopted, and she didn't meet her biological mom until she was 17 or 18. And I got to see them together uh, when she was, you know, this is four years ago. So she was, uh, you know, like 25, 26. And they, they've not spent a lot of time together. And that mother did not raise this daughter. And yet, all of their mannerisms are kind of the same. They, they kind of behave in very subtle ways in the same way. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're like biologically ingrained to be a killer, I suppose. But you can tell Genetics that it's clearly matter. Though. At least the subtleties of certain behaviors are right. kind of hardwired. And it, it was obvious that even though this woman had no influence on my wife until she was an adult, there's just certain aspects of their behavior that are part of of that genetic makeup. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you like she could probably change some of that. But it it would take a lot of effort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in our modern society, we're not really encouraged to make a lot of effort on anything, really. Uh, yeah. You, you can just go with the flow and you'll be fine for the most part. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm with you. I, I hadn't thought about that, too. Just kind of the consequences of assuming that... The, the reality of fate because it, it just sort of gives you a license not to do everything in your power to yeah. craft your own path. And that's, um, that's kind of, I don't know if it's dangerous. It's a path to not realizing your potential at least. Yeah. But think of, think of all the people you could kill, Matt. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, any, any closing thoughts from <laughs> you before we let you go? Uh, I'm I'm still very disappointed in, in Blonde, but I guess I'll let it slide. What? Why is that? You can't just say that and leave. Yeah. You didn't remember me. Come on. Oh, oh because like of that. Two minutes ago. No, yeah. I was just thinking, yeah. you know, when I read people's super chats, and I also never read Phil's super chats. Okay, They're always over on Tippy Stream, yeah. Yeah, you process information differently when it's read to you than when yeah. you read it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that that guy had an accent or where he came from or anything like that. So I just attached your racism to his also very clever brand of racism. So really, you um, should be uplifted by this. It's a compliment. Yeah, it is. I, I quite I, like I Phil, don't you? I appreciate the effort, Blonde. <laughs> Thank you, man. Have a great night. See you guys around. That was really convincing. I'm really proud of myself. Trying to, how, I, how I got out of that scrape. That was good. Oh, that wasn't authentic. That was just uh, a speech. No, I like I love all of our racist audience oh, members. All right. Yeah, all of your me. prodigies. <laughs> Michigan expat, you there? Good evening, Christensen Nation. Can you hear me all right? Yes, oh, sir. Yeah, so loud. 
Oh, sorry about that. You're good uh, on mine. Can you, can, okay, can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, you, you, you two uh, doing all right? Yes, sir. Yeah. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I guess uh, if it's all right with you, I, what I'd like to talk about is uh, the reason why I left Michigan, because let's be honest, I mean, like, you know, if my username doesn't say F Michigan, I don't know what else does. Yeah. So. All right, yeah, okay. tell us the story. So... Contrary to popular popular belief, you know, I actually left Michigan well before uh, Gretchen Whitmer came to power. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we you know we we saw the the writing on the wall. You know, back in like you know 2014. You know, if, if no if nobody remembers, you know, the winter of 2014, you know, especially February there. I mean, yeah, I mean, at least at least my neighborhood, you know, snow was piled up in everybody's yards. You know, at least like up to the first story of their entire house. And for those who lived in Chicago, you know, people had to be bailed out of their vehicles on a Lakeshore Drive because, uh, you know, the winds and the ice and the snow blowing off of Lake Michigan from the east, you know, buried everybody in the snow. And, you know, they had to be bailed out of their vehicles, you know, uh, because of all the snow and ice and whatever on Lakeshore Drive in uh, Chicago. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 2014, you know, winter of 2014, you know, the freaking, you know, snowpocalypse. So, you know, definitely, you know, we uh, definitely had enough of the weather up there. So that was but, the uh, reason you left. It was all weather. Well, well, that's like one, like one half or one third of the reason. So the other, oh, okay. the other half or other or second third of the reason. I mean, you know, people talk about the government in California being bad, and people talk about the government in New York State being bad. Well, you know, I'm here to tell you, you know, Michigan wasn't much better. So what I'd like to tell you about is, okay, so the date was February thirteenth, twenty fourteen. You know, just a day before. Uh, Valentine's Day. So I'm, I'm going to tell the story in uh, first, maybe second person uh, view. So it's a little bit more easier to understand. So, okay. So, you know, you go to the mall that night and, you know, it's a ritzy mall, a high, high price mall, has all the high priced uh, department stores, you know, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's the same mall you've been going to for like the past like eight or so years. You know, all the stores that you shop at, you know, all the salespeople, you know, know you by name because, you know, you're a freaking regular. Okay. You, know, you eat at the uh, you eat at the food court regularly, you know, like, you know, what, you know, you know, used to go to whatever shipbox diploma mill college in the same town, you know, just down the street from the mall. And that's where you went to dinner. Most of the time was the food court. Uh-huh. And so. You go to the mall that night, you know, February 13th, 2014, you know, you walk around for about an hour visiting all the stores, browsing around all the stores, you know, you hadn't been there in a, in a while, you know, you, you avoided the mall during the Christmas season and, you know, you finally got like a day off, whatever you decided to go to the mall that night, you know, go out for dinner or whatever. Um, you know, you go to the, you go, you go to the, one of the high price restaurants in the mall, you know, you have dinner for about an hour at the bar counter and then you decide to walk around the mall for an hour afterwards because you know what the hell is he going to do you know it's cold outside icy snowy you know okay you know, roads, i'm, roads I'm trusting over. you this is going somewhere yes okay and uh and you know you're, you're tired you're tired you're tired of staying home every night you know playing video games yeah and you know you you you, you, you want to go for a walk and obviously you know if it's too cold outside you're gonna you're gonna do it indoors right yeah so you walk around for about an hour after having dinner right and you notice after a while, you notice that the mall security guards, well, you suspect that they're following you around, right? And okay. so, you know, okay, yeah. So before, yeah, before that, so there, there's this girl walking quickly, right? And, you know, tech, 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 you know, her heels on the floor are resounding. You look, you look behind, you look behind yourself, you know, you look back at her. And as soon as you look back at her, 
I mean, she's wheeling along an empty baby stroller, and as soon as she notices you're watching her, she wheels that thing around. She teeters it on one side, you know, like it, like you know, if you if you had a child, in, if she had a child inside the thing, that thing would be crime because you know she just flipping two wheel that thing around, okay. and you think and you think that's kind of. That's kind of suspicious. You think there was something something odd about that? Like, did she just? Okay. You're thinking. Did, did she? Did she? Did she forget? Like, just tell me what's in she, the damn stroller. <laughs> <laughs> Punchline, this motherfucker! Come on. <laughs> but uh, you ask yourself, okay, so why did she wheel that thing around so quickly? As soon as you looked at her, it's like, did she realize she forgot her wallet or her purse or something? It's like, what? What's up with that? And then after a while, you it turned out the, to be a lady from Dearborn with a bomb, and you <laughs> you left. It, after this story, it better be a lady with a bomb. All right, we, we do. We do kind of have to push this along okay, a little so, bit. So, after a while, you notice that the security guards are following you around the mall. And as soon as you notice that they're following you around, as soon as you turn around and face them, they also turn around and walk the other way. And this happens about twice. Okay. And then after the second time it happens, you're like, okay, this is really creepy. I should probably just, I don't know, leave the mall right about now. Okay. And as soon as you're trying to leave the mall, all of a sudden, nine officers in black fatigues pop out from just nowhere. You're tackled from behind at gunpoint, and, yeah. you know, they're searching your person, and you're like, you know, who the hell are you? And you're like, who the hell are you people? What are you doing? You know, is this is this a is this an arrest? What what am what am I under suspicion for? And then, so you know, what they find is, I mean, you're so you're arrested basically. You know, you're arrested, and what they find on your person is, you know, an ice scraper. You know, the kind for you know piercing ice. Uh-huh. You know, the kind the kind the kind the kind that you shove in the ice and break it up. Because you know you have, park, you have to park outside. I've used an ice scraper. Yes, you you have to park outside. You know you don't have a garage. You don't have a carport. You know you have to leave your vehicle outside <laughs> in the morning. Okay, and you, and you have to chisel yourself seriously. We got ice every morning. We gotta but, we gotta get to the point here. I feel like we're being but, punked uh, or something. Yeah, but so what? Okay, so what happened basically was, you know, some Arab chick accused you of hauling some sort of sniper rifle around the mall that night which was Damn. a fall okay. which was which was a false accusation and then you know you're you know you have, you have a court you have a court case you know for the next three years tying you up you're not Jeez. able to find a job you're not able wow. to find a job for the next three years because of a pending court case yikes and what, what you find out is that you know the so-called you know the, the plastic black ice scraper you know they want to say that's you know uh quote-unquote an unlawful concealed weapon and uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Did you, nice. were you were you exonerated ultimately? Or did so? I mean, I mean, I was staring down the barrel of a flipping felony for about three years for and, carrying you know, an ice scraper. What am I missing yeah. here? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had okay. I had to, yeah, they, they I, wanted to say that they, they wanted to say that was an unlawful concealed weapon. I mean, I, I got to hear. Unfo- yeah, got- we'll probably have to wrap this up just because uh, yeah. we're short on time but that is a, a pretty incredible story if you are you able yeah. to if you're able to just email me about that i'd yeah. like to hear it or perhaps we can pick up next time but uh yeah that that's I'm, i mean but yeah that sounds like, like pure for, insanity but yeah for like three years it's like my life was on hold i couldn't get a job because of the pending court case yeah and i mean at, at the absolute best i mean the attorney that i had was only able to argue it down for a misdemeanor, which, you know, what? I still have to get dismissed. 
but yeah um for carrying an ice scooper okay I, yeah. I gotta I gotta hear more on that story, but we do have to let you go for now. But, I mean, it's just, but it's just, but it's just yeah. I mean, I more or less just got you know swatted, stop and frisked, and you know the whole entire ordeal just still plagues my soul seven to eight years later. Well, but, I don't blame uh, you for leaving such a place. Then I'm sorry. Yeah, to hear yeah. That. For real. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Well, perhaps we will pick up the story again next time, or like I said, if you um, have details you can share about it i'd love to hear by email because that just sounds like an absolutely crazy story but um yeah but, just uh yeah look for michigan expat in sure. your email inbox then i mean you know it's a it, you know it's a matter of public record i mean you can you can look it up yourself yeah sure you know like I, I can probably give you a case number and whatever but um it's like it's something i'm still trying to get dismissed and uh yeah just check your email um i will my, do that the last the last few emails i've sent you have must have ended up in your spam box or whatever maybe so yeah just, will, just i'll keep just an eye your spam for box but uh um, yeah but, I, I yeah I, I i swear like you know n- 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 none of the, the email i've ever sent you before has ever gotten through to you but if you if you want um, if you want to hear I'm more about it i'm definitely else, but, but yeah if you, if you definitely want to hear more about it you can uh you know, you, you can you can follow up with me, and I'll, I, I'll definitely tell you. Everything I will do you that. Know thank, about it, so. thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. So, for for a minute there, I felt like I was listening to the like a Shaggy Dog story. You know, you ever hear that joke? Yeah. Love the Shaggy Dog joke, but to his credit, he was going somewhere very significant. He was. I was not expecting ice scraper con- uh, viewed as a concealed weapon. I didn't know it was that, going that could direction. have been a thirty-second story. Now we have, can take one more call. We can, yeah. Given the email questions we have too, I got to get right into it. You're right, um, Juggernaut. You'll probably be last word tonight. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, want to talk about electric cars or a question about how the laws should be written? What was the first thing? Electric cars uh, or the process of lawmaking. Oh, God, that sounds horribly boring, but I guess that's what we're going to choose. I would pick lawmaking, but you guys, if everyone wants a vote, if you want to outvote me, pick electric cars. It's a simple question. Lawmaking. Okay, so should our laws be written so that some bad guys get away or should they be written so that some good guys get put in jail? Some bad guys get away. Some bad guys get away, yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. But right now as it stands, it's so that some good guys get put in jail. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, that doesn't necessarily, let me try to explain my reasoning here. I don't think that some guys getting put in jail has actually a negative effect on the crime that already exists. I think it's just additional injustice. And the crime that already exists, if some guys get away because they have some error in the process or the evidence was insufficient. Um, does that lead to, I suppose the counter argument there is that leads to additional crime because they're out on the streets committing the crime again. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I view the government putting people uh, wrongly in prison or otherwise punishing them is uh, a, a, an additional wrong for which we all have responsibility if we're yeah. participating in that yeah. system. And I just, I, 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 I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of uh, effectively kidnapping and and um, confining people wrongfully. Do you have uh, any thoughts on that? Me? Do we lose it? Hard for oh. me to. Uh, no, I'm here. I'm just, it's just uh, it's difficult for me to come up with some kind of an analogy to talk about it. This law is so complicated. <laughs> hmm. I would think 
that if we allowed some leeway for good guys to do good and not punish them, then we'd have less bad guys anyways, hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on it, Uh No. I mean, I think that our legal system does uh, capture too many people, and that's a problem. We definitely have too many laws. But this is my philosophy on the death penalty, although I don't really think we have the right to take people's lives in general. But if you execute one person that was innocent, is has it ever has the death penalty ever worth it? Hmm. I mean, which we clearly have executed, executed um, innocent people that have been exonerated later based on DNA evidence. So, yeah, I, I'm with you guys on this. All right. Uh, Any uh, we do have to be a little bit short on time. I apologize for that, but we're just kind of up against the clock. But I'll give you a quick uh, last thought if you want it. Nah. Let me All right. Go. Well, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Yep. Bye bye. See you. Okay, I know we said that was going to be the last one, but Phil is hanging out. I know <gasps> how you feel about your prodigies, so. Phil, um, you're going to get last word. We are very short on time, so we'll probably have to be quick. My apology about that, but oh, that's fine. Anymore. I was telling, I was telling Dangerous Spaces, I didn't have a whole lot to talk about, even though there's a lot going on. But um, I saw another quote by uh, Aaron McIntyre the other day, um, and of course now it escapes me. But uh, I'll have to send it. To, I'll have to send it to you when I find it. I guess. But okay. Um. Great, now I'm freaking out. What? You're oh, never right. short on words. What the hell? Yeah. No, I find it funny that uh, the word deracinated trips so many people up. Uh, I've, I don't think I've ever out. heard that word. I, have, I remember, Yeah, I, I had to look it up it. on Sunday. Yeah, I threw that in. I think I threw it in on Sydney Watson one time, and uh, she had the same problem. Except she didn't pronounce it correctly at all, but that's an Australian for you. <laughs> well, I, it's not like I've had a great pronunciation track record on this show either, but uh, you know, yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I guess I'll just end it there. I didn't really have much going on. That is the first and only worthless call, Phil. <laughs> I never. <laughs> Do you have any do you have any questions for me? Because like I'm seriously drawing a blank all of a sudden. Well, I, other than blonde confused you for a nice Norwegian man earlier no. in the stream. What? Yeah, do you, I don't think you probably didn't hear it. Do you want to confess uh, uh, your sans blonde? Well, I, I couldn't uh, connect a a voice to the super chats that we get from you, and so I just assumed that it was this other racist caller that we have. Oh, I'm not <laughs> racist. I li- I hate everybody equally. That's uh-huh. true. He is pretty consistent. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we were we were just talking shit on you before we pulled you in. Oh, well, that's fine. Some of my, uh, everybody I know talks shit on me anyway, but you guys at least do it to my face. <laughs> All right. See you, Phil. You're a, that's you're a the piece of first shit. and only deracinated call we've ever had. You made uh, show history with that one. Oh, boy. So in the, uh, annals of show history, I get <laughs> that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, yeah. Sorry. Thanks for this your is call. A, and... Kind of a bummer, but anyway. Well, appreciate it, man. And thanks for supporting the show as always. Yep. Have a great night. Bye. Okay, that'll do it on calls tonight. Thanks to everybody who called in and um, appreciate your patience. If you were hanging out trying to get in, uh, but didn't make it tonight. If you would like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, or maybe you're having trouble getting in live, please send us an email question. The one and only place to do that is the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll respond to those at the end of the show each week, as we will right now. And as I mentioned, we might have like three times the typical amount of questions that we have. So we are going to have to be 
extra discipline tonight and just give maybe a, a, a few sentence answer each and move on. So I appreciate okay. um, everybody's uh, understanding with that. We'll have to be much more brief than usual. Kitchen Sink says we've seen urge, uh, surges in crime and lawlessness since St. Saint, Saint Floyd got sober. Yet we've also seen distrust <laughs> of police skyrocket and for good reason. Personally, I fear cops and the courts behind them more than thugs and joggers. Do you think it's possible to restore law and order without giving even more power to corrupt and abusive cops? Do you see another solution? Hmm. Do you want to take that Mm. one first? Oh, do I see another solution? Well, having a strong society creates better incentives for normal people to be in the police department. It doesn't draw these like brutish people that are looking to enforce And I'm not really sure that this is a fair indictment of the police. I think that generally police officers are good, um, whereas generally thugs are pieces of shit. (laughs) By definition, I suppose. Yeah. uh, But it is true that a certain personality is drawn to the police force. Hmm. So create a healthy society um, governed by the strength of nuclear families and strong men and a solid police force with a good sense of morality will follow. I think we need a a legal structure that is more keenly in tune with people's rights. Enforce laws that are strictly related to the violation of people's rights. I think a lot of trouble that police get into is because we have such a complex and massive legal landscape where we're trying to enforce X, Y, and Z that maybe these things aren't crimes. Maybe they're sort of on the edge of crimes, but they're not strictly related to what you think is maybe the purest forms of crimes, murder, violence against others, theft, that sort of that sort of uh, uh, stuff that that we think of when we think crime. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that police in general, uh, police forces should be kept as local as possible so that they're accountable. That's another thing. Um, but they have a purpose and, and I would like to maintain that purpose. I think the question of power is probably a, a more of a question to me of what laws are are they tasked with enforcing? And that's our responsibility in electing our legislators as well. So that that would be my answer to that. A better better legal structure for them to work with, I think, would, would be helpful. Yeah, agreed. Uh, this is Gilgamesh Blonde. And Matt, do you think that Jeff Zucker leaving CNN is because of his relationship or is because he knew that he was going to get fired when Discovery takes over Time Warner, which owns CNN? Discovery has said that they want CNN to return to doing actual news instead of the propaganda they're doing now. I don't know why he was fired, but I am fairly confident that it has nothing to do with uh, his relationship, which was apparently common knowledge, and they had been together for years, like openly. So I don't know why it would really matter now. But this is the cover a cover for something. I don't know if it's this. It is 100% something else. I frankly don't personally care enough to investigate or speculate. I'll give you a couple reasons why it's 100% something else. Number one, because the terms of what they presented aren't so embarrassing or frankly... Um, I don't know, uh, so grossly immoral that it would yeah. cause someone to leave or force them out. But they they've they said that that their relationship changed during coronavirus. It is known yeah. that they have yeah. been in a romantic slash sexual relationship since the 90s, but they didn't yeah. admit to that. So there's Forever, plenty that yeah. they're not admitting to. There's plenty behind the scenes that some people know about. Many people don't. They're covering for something else. I 100% guarantee that. Me too. Um, Let's keep cruising through the... Agnostic Gnostic says, I'm currently of the mind that the Bible is true, 
in more than just metaphor, and that a lot of the common global mythology could be inherited knowledge that survived time, uh, name changes, and paganizations. Magic is real, and you can see it if you're paying attention to someone speaking and gesturing. Demons are aliens, corporeal or not, and your divine spark is free will and vision that saves you from being a flesh uh, golem a la deterministic physics based schizo-pilled revelation or satanic misdirection dude i don't even know Uh, how to answer this question i thought that that was more uh coherent than you're probably letting on but i i do believe that people have otherworldly satanic evil energy that borders on something that people would call mythical right Dude, this is like another language to me. I have no idea what either of you are talking about, uh, to be perfectly honest. I thought that was totally co- coherent. I just I just don't. I'm just not following. I'll probably just have to. Through God, uh, all things are possible. Agnostic, Gnostic. Uh, ben Dover, bitch. agree with agree. that. That's what I'm going and, with on this one. I, I, I don't mean to disrespect the question. It's just if I were to, I'd be shooting from the hip, man. I, I frankly, I don't I don't totally understand. Uh, lizard people. Um, yeah, I get Ben Dover, bitch. I get it. I, I know oh, this is a great opportunity to, I should have clarified with you off air, but we'll do it on air. Uh, they were not the same people last week. It's multiple people. No so, fucking yeah, way. I know this because both, what, what was it? It was Bo Thinches was our friend and listener, Michael Schlecht, and he submitted one. Wow. I didn't so. read like 10 I know. So well, no, no. Some of them were the same one because I saw the emails coming through, and it was like twelve thirty six, twelve thirty six, twelve thirty seven. Yeah, you could be pretty confident if it was all the same time. Stamp. I eliminated all those except yeah. for one. But yeah. Bo, poor Bo, he got lost in all of that, uh, all of those eliminations. So we owe him one. Inches. Okay, is this yours? Now uh, you're up. Oh shit! Uh, this one's too obvious, though, Ben. Dover, bitch. Okay. <sighs> I know. I think what most people mean by cultural significance in today's day and age is do you want to see the movie means in their natural habitat? I should have eliminated this. This is not a question. I don't That's even know what this means. Definition of cultural significance. Last week we were talking about what, what, what does cultural significance mean for a movie? How do you define that in terms of what is included or excluded in movie selection? He's I have no memory of that. Thank you, Ben Dover. If you see the meme, if you see the memes organically, check mark for cultural significance. Okay. JD uh, 14 says, I see a lot of similarities between the Gilded Age of 140 or of 140 years ago and today. I'm not so much worried about a civil war as opposed to a global one. What do you think of Russia's? partnership with china announced on the eve of the winter olympics i don't know what they said or did not say i know they have i i I don't know the degree of their um cooperation be it formal or informal so i I don't know the specifics of that neither do i but if they are indeed allying i think that it's a wise it's a wise alliance I think Slavs and the Chinese probably could understand each other. So it's going to be a difficult one to beat. They have oil and they have TikTok. So what are we going to do? They they own the whole world. I know. Uh, we're in tough shape. I, and I don't know much about the Gilded Age either. I, I know I'm, I'm doing a bad job at uh, giving. Is he just good... talking about like uh, a translation of modern opulence? Maybe. 
Uh, uh, I do I think that the, do I think there's time. probably some opportunism and cooperation between both of those countries? I mean, they both have interest in uh, Russia has interest in Ukraine in sort of a uh, similar way that China has interest in Taiwan. Could these things sort of come to a head simultaneously or around the same time? Yeah, I mean, it's possible that there's They're both, some coordination um, there. Nationalistic and uh, collectivist nations that understand just naked self-interest. And yeah, in that, they could ally, I think. I think hmm. that that would be really smart. Um, Carge African-American American. <laughs> if you're knowledgeable on the death of Michael Hastings, can you explain why we need a document to explain our issues with the government when it's already pretty clear in the Constitution? Should we just write, please reference the Bill of Rights for our reasonings? Also, you mentioned Christians' ability to not overreact to the fear of death. This is probably a principle in Christianity known as memento mori. Uh, please tell me if, if this is what you mean. All right, we can we can answer one of these. Right. I forgot about the journalist. That, that was the guy who got into a fiery car crash in 2013. And it was just never really explained. Remember that guy? No. I don't remember you, you'll have to look it up. Um, as far as uh, as far as referencing past documents, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But I think that if you are going to. Uh, if you're going to mount a formal resistance to an established authority, yeah, you, you should state why. You should be clear on the reasons why, not just for um, pursuing the best possible outcome, which is a clean severance, just walk away, but also so that everybody who is uh, participating in that cause understands the reasoning behind that cause. So if it just says, see, see declaration. Okay. That said, the declaration has a lot of specifics about, um, about uh, our, yeah, what our beef with the king was that don't really apply today. You're going to have to have today. some more specific phrasing before people can take I, I wouldn't cite the Constitution because the, the Constitution isn't really a philosophical document. It is a framework for how the government works. Um, it's based on a lot of uh, on a lot of phil philosophical thought and debate, but it doesn't really explain it itself. I guess you could say not following the Constitution. See right. clauses uh, X, Y, and Z. Um, Tara. <laughs> Tara hole in me. Oh yeah, I know Tara. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. very nice. Tara a filthy hole slut. In that one. Um, Both of you talk often about how much you want to travel around the USA and around the world. I understand that you don't want to get uh, the shot, and I know you understand that you'll probably have to get it in order to travel, at least outside the USA. Why is the COVID vaccine the hill you want to die on? If you don't want to get the vaccine so much that you're willing to just never travel the rest of your life, we've all had a million vaccines in our lives since the day we were born. Why is this the vaccine that you refuse to get? Well, it, I don't see. Do you want to go first? It's, yeah. Okay. Okay. First of all, most of the vaccines that we got were uh, tried and true and tested, although I am just reconsidering my entire vaccine position based on this. But except for the J&J, &J, which has tons of adverse reactions and basically doesn't work, this is new, virtually untested mRNA technology that has no long-term studies and clearly is having vast, widespread adverse effects. Our ancestors had no, virtually no ability to travel, and they lived more functional, happier lives in... Um, in their villages or whatever the fuck. I have traveled a ton. Um, I, I understand the value in traveling, but doing something and being obsequious to the government and taking it in the ass just so you can travel the world is the is the most boomer mentality. <laughs> like like I can't I can't wrap my mind around somebody that's like, oh, 
I'll get this untested vaccine so that I can see more of the world and like find myself or whatever. This question is so fucking stupid. Yeah, Tara. <laughs> um, you hit the general theme of what my response would be. Not that I don't have interest in travel, but perhaps the premise here is a little overstated. Is it like my life's mission to travel? No. I mean, I kind of wanted a nice honeymoon with my wife in maybe yeah. a foreign exotic location. Does it, does it bother me? Is it, is it part of my being that I must travel? Truth be told, um, I'm such a creature of habit that travel sort of stresses me out. And I, oh, I, I kind of can't That's... wait to get home when I'm on the trip, but like, is it something I have a general interest in? Yes. Is it of crucial importance to my life? No. And certainly not of such crucial importance that I would submit to the medical authority uh, and what their determination is on what I have to do and how I have to run my life as a precondition for doing that. I just, uh, it, it's not, it's a matter of principle for me, you know, like, could I get the vaccine and go to some foreign country and in all likelihood be fine? Yeah. But I don't like the idea of having these people control my medical control decisions your, as a, yeah. as a, a premise for doing that. Or as an, as an incentive based, um, you know, the program, the vaccination, vaccination program. And the other thing before we move on, I know we said we were going to speed these up, but, uh, the everybody thinks that that traveling broadens your world perspective and makes you a better, more learned, educated person. That's not always true. What travel often does is gives you this crazy dopamine hit that maybe we were never meant to achieve, and it makes you dissatisfied with mundane life because you're always looking for the next trip, the next place to go, the next cool thing to see. What we need to do is make our world smaller and learn how to be happy at home because our lives are about to suck so much if we don't let go of these expectations that we all need to be fucking world travelers. It was never meant to be this way. All right. We're already breaking our rules. So I will like really read this fast. Okay. All right. Kuman 30. I'm exactly your ages. Graduated 20 to 2005 BS in chemistry. Um, quickly realized that they couldn't, my professors couldn't help me and I couldn't fit into the institution. I'm sad. Almost all of my friends have left a long time ago. I basically have one friend. Um, I have a decent $21 an hour job, 30 hours overtime as a forklift operator. Financially, everything is secure. Um, is it normal to have just one to three good relationships with friends and then nothing else? Sometimes I don't feel like I will ever meet a lady when I'm stuck in a factory of dudes. Should I not feel like a loser because I don't have money issues? Um, or should I feel like a loser because I have no social life and no idea how to create one? I feel like hmm. the only thing I have is a good credit score. Should I stop worrying? Do most people our age feel the same way? I've been at this blue collar job for 3.5 years. I have more money than I ever had. I'm bankrupt on life experiences. Uh, am I just paranoid or self-centered or are you or everyone else feeling similar? I don't even know how to meet a girl when I'm trapped at work in 55 hours a week per job or uh, hours per week. Um, I think that basically these are all the same question. And this is something that is it, it widely afflicts millennials. This exact problem This like, is my life enough? Um, only you can answer that. But just like what we were talking about with travel, I think we we, we have been made to think that we should expect or demand more out of life like in the 50s a good stable job where you were financially secure and one to three friends like you're, you're knocking it out of the park right i agree that a wide social network is not of crucial importance i would rather have a small amount of good trustworthy friends yeah but the other part of the question is how to find a wife right a woman, yeah. and you're in a sort Church. of a weird spot if you're somewhat socially isolated but also you have a work obligation of 55 hours a week I would 
my recommendation would be if you're if you're unhappy with the status quo despite the money is there a way to reduce that workload to right. um, something closer to 40 and use that time to, to find a woman yeah. find some sort of social club activity that you enjoy. Maybe that's going to church. Maybe that's going to gym classes. Maybe that's picking up a hobby and joining a club that does that hobby. But there's, as we've said many times for both men and women, if you're serious about finding a spouse, you do have to treat that like a job. Like a and job, if you don't have yeah. time to do that job, figure out how to reduce some of your obligations to treat that like a job and to get that done. Um, you know, you're a, you're a man with uh, a, a sounds like a good quality job and a lot to offer and you still have time. If you, if you treat that seriously, you'll, you'll probably be fine. But if you it literally, sounds like he's lacking purpose though, like he feels like his life is rudderless, even though yeah. he has the career kind of down. Yeah, exactly. So find ways to create some of that social networking that's lacking in pursuit of finding a wife, if that's what you're trying to do. Not social right. networking for the sake of social networking, but for the purpose of finding a wife. And enrich your soul too. reading might help you or investing in a hobby. Uh, Crazy custodian. Matt, have you ever considered a music statement similar to your movie review one? That would just be the end of the, of the show. Everybody you want to talk about that. polarizing the like yeah. the movies are polarizing. Music would be. Um, yeah. with, with respect to the proposal, I think that would be a disaster. Personally. Was it made between 2001 and 2009? If not, Skag's not interested in listening to it. That's, that's actually true. Yeah. Like what, is it something I listened to in high school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Blonde, have you watched the red letter media reviews of Picard? They even have a Mr. Plinkett review of the show. And I know you, I do. I love red letter media. I tell my husband that if he dies in a fiery car crash, I'm going after Mike. Okay. Mm. He's um very unattractive, but I'm just into it. I don't know what to say. Well, um, there you have it. Jim Eagle. I, or you have more. Oh, to wait, say. wait. But the Picard thing, uh, it's um I won't watch Picard because I I've heard that it's just horrible and it's not surprising that they uh, they just hate it. It's just woke nonsense. All right, Jim Eagle. I read faster than you do, so I'm Okay, just, fine. I just wanted to ask if you think it's worth squabbling over things like COVID or an ex Fear Factor host who fed Donkey Kong to women getting canceled. Did he it do seemed, that? I don't know. <laughs> they do that. He jackets. probably did. It seems meaningless compared to the real problems of the world. How many women and girls like Mona Haydari have their heads cut off and paraded because of Islam? How many children have been murdered in the womb since you started reading this? When is Christendom going to fight against evil as it once did? Do you even care? We we talk about abortion all the time and the way to deal with these larger issues is to is to shift the culture like we're not going to get anywhere if we're just talking about abortion constantly we're not going to change the the minds of these like rabid pro-choice feminists that have had half a dozen dozen abortions like the way to do and in and, and covid that is not a small thing we're talking about our basic freedoms our god-given freedoms being revoked by the federal government and you're like let's a big deal here like that's a huge fucking deal this has impacted our lives our, our daily lives uh in a, in a massive way everybody in this country everybody in the world um and then the joe rogan thing it's not just about joe rogan joe rogan like we talked about earlier he is a proxy for your average middling intellect centrist. He has a massive audience. This is how we regain the cultural narrative. We talk about these things. We discuss these issues. We try to move inch by inch towards a pro-Christian, pro-life society. That's how we do it. I would agree with that analysis in full. The only other thing I would add is um, I just I reject the premise that if you have not talked about and 
sufficiently prioritized every single injustice in the world in the supposedly correct way that you don't care about yeah. those injustices. I, I don't I don't know how to say I can't satisfy everyone's view of what the most important story in the world is. I know I yeah. talk about what I think is important and that doesn't mean that you have to think it's important. But the great thing about the world that we're trying to cultivate is one where everyone's free to say what they believe and has the technological capacity to do so. You want to talk about why Joe Rogan's important? Joe Rogan is important so that you can get online and talk about what you think the most important thing in the world is, and everybody else who agrees with you can listen to you do it, and you can build a community around that. That's why Joe Rogan's important. Um, and it's not to say that um, that you know the the woman being beheaded over in Afghanistan. Um, might have a different priority uh, or different consideration. I'm but, sure she does. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's the point. So I don't know. I, I'll, I'm talking in circles. I think that you explained it well. So um, not, not seeing Fidel. Oh, you're, you're reading all of them now. I just, I just feel like hammering them out. Oh, why did I, why do I want to read this? You guys familiar <laughs> with autogynephilia? It's yeah. a form of transvestite self-fetishism that typically manifests in otherwise straight men in their later adulthood. See the Wachowski brothers or the Unabomber. If you want to get those heat hit pieces written, just mention this radioactive topic. If you're an essentially straight man who abandons his family to pursue a self-fetish, you're clearly a narcissistic piece of shit. Uh, far better to reframe your kink as I'm trans and finally brave enough to come out than everyone applaud your former wife and kids are conveniently forgotten. Interesting. What does it mean? It is a male's propensity to be sexually aroused by the thought of himself as a female. Like Buffalo Bill? He had that? Oh my gosh, I'm having a moment of clarity. Is this concept the the root of the transgender phenomenon? It's just causing all these people with this specific sexual fetish to try to gain validity in society through transitioning? I don't know. I've never I don't think I've ever heard this term before. That is fascinating because we are seeing that in other ways. Like in society or, or in Seattle, um, we were we were seeing all these um like like leather dog leather sexual fetishists like in the streets and stuff like that like walking each other i think that people are putting their kink on display in ways that they haven't before and if this is the what's causing this trans movement and it's really that widespread then that that makes sense this yeah i don't know theory. if this explains it but clearly the heart of a lot of this is a um uh, a self-gratification you know, so maybe it is a weird self attraction. I, I guess I've never thought about it, wow. that, but it's clearly a all, all the, the, a lot of the fundamentals of what's happening in in this movement, if you want to call it that, or this kind of trans acceptance stuff is is a self gratification to a really ridiculous extent. Holy shit! This is like a moment. Wow, hmm. huh? That makes sense. DJ drooling. Keep seeing many people backing a convention of states. I'm terrible when it comes to civics, but it's my understanding that would open up an entire constitution for review, including amendments, the amendments. If my understanding is correct, wouldn't that open us up to losing, modifying the first or second amendments? I'm struggling to see why it's a good thing. I would love to hear your thoughts. This is a you question. It's possible. Do, do you have critical mass of states that would be really willing to revoke the first or the second amendment, though? I mean, that's really a coastal California, New York type idea. That's true, but that's kind of a gamble. But every state gets a vote. And in terms of it, it it would be like the Senate voting to abolish either right now in terms of equal representation for the states at this convention. 
So is it theoretically possible? Sure. Is the does the political will exist to do that? Yeah. No. Um, well, not no. presently. But what if we can't get the immigration situation under control and they just continue demographic alteration on a state by state basis, and then we just lose? I suppose, but 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 the concept here is about risk. Well, what's the risk of doing nothing with the run- runaway power of the federal government? I mean, that's not a risk; that's a guarantee. Yeah, that's a guarantee. Yeah. So that's interesting too. Yeah, it's possible though. You're right that it's it's a possibility. Uh, Core blimey is a bloody faggot. Okay, what do you think is the best case scenario for race relations in the U.S. in the next twenty years? Um. I think the best case scenario is that we can ally with the black community because I do think that black people and white people are natural allies. <laughs> okay. Against, go, go on. Against other groups of people that may or may not be subverting. I mean, I just had Nick Cannon just had some inter- interesting things to say. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. All um, right. No, I, I think that black people and white people have a lot in common. I don't think we need to um, to like live in these diverse societies. I think when you talk to the average black person, they they have these attitudes that are uh, basically separatist. Like the average black American is is basically a black separatist. I think if you like really get down to their core ideology. I don't know. I I, I have no idea if that's true or not. Uh, do I? What's the best case scenario? Well, the best case scenario is that. We and this is not my prediction, but the best case scenario is that um, everybody rejects this idea that there's somebody out there victimizing them at all times. And they even if there are obstacles in their life and even if those obstacles are unjust, they do everything they can to craft the best version of themselves and the and the best version of themselves to provide for their family. That would be the ideal regardless of race. Um, Do I expect that? I think that there's so much it's going to, however it turns around, it's going to have to be drastic. There's so much yeah. racial propaganda in so many different directions. That's right now. the key though. I don't think that the average black person is truly has a victim complex. Blacks in America in the forties were doing fantastically well. There have um, been periods that were much better than current. Yeah. But I think that this victim complex is uh, something that that white leftists have instilled in the black community. I don't think it's like a a natural phenomenon. I don't know. I don't know if it's cultivated or if it's something that occurred naturally. I have no idea. I don't know where it came from. But um, but yeah, best case name. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. I I fear it's going to be worse, though. I I don't forecast the best case scenario. Did you see? Um. Showtime has I'll be real quick with this. I know um, what the hell was the name of the Showtime this new Showtime show that's coming out. It is called. uh, Everything's going to be all white and it is just if you watch the trailer, a whole bunch of uh, people of color just bashing white people and how much they hate white people and how this country was built on that game. This this country was built on nothing but white centeredness or something they call it. and it's uh, you mean white people built a white nation? What a fucking revelation! I thought it was a weird acknowledgement that white people built a lot of things in the in the, in the trailer that I was watching, but okay, uh, it's nothing but hatred toward white people and this is coming out on a major do they count as a what a subscription channel or whatever Showtime is cable channels cable subscription channel. Um, yeah, uh, stuff like that. It's it, it, This is not going to heal anytime soon. Beta 
I'm going to say this. Najar. Mm. See what I did there? Um, the mainstream media seems to be wrong about stories and topics in this country 95% of the time. Do you think this is on purpose? Do you think they really are just that incompetent? I think it's it's obviously on purpose. Um, I don't think Don Lemon is just incompetent. I think that, you know, there's a this is this is a highly orchestrated propaganda effort by um an elite group of people. I wouldn't say I wouldn't treat everybody the same. I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying for the purposes of my own answer, I think there's probably room for both among some, some people are incompetent. Some people are malicious, but where I previously might've doubted the malice, there is at least some degree of malice. And that was not that I had doubt before, but it was very conclusive to me in that, that latest CBS uh, morning segment about Joe Rogan last week, where all they were doing was talking about the problem that is people listening to Joe Rogan. We got to punish Joe Rogan. We got to take him out. It's a big problem that he has such a big audience. And to me, that was such a direct attack on the rights of the people to listen to whatever the hell they want. It wasn't just, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't understand this weird man who talks about weird things on his show. I'm a, you know, I'm older and I don't understand what podcasts are. This was, these people were, all but explicitly saying you do not have the right to listen to what you choose, what you choose. They, they, they don't respect your rights. They reject, they view you, they view themselves as your superiors or your masters and you are their subjects. That is malice. That is evil. I can't attribute it to anything else. No, I, I I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, small town, Jen. Hello, Matt. This must be for you. A couple of weeks ago, I asked, Rebecca about her response to the meaning of life question. I remember that when you answered the question, you said purpose without hesitation. My husband says purpose is what brings him stress. I knew he didn't want kids when we got married, but I knew he loved me and would give me what I wanted. I believed he would feel differently once we had them. He's a good father to our kids, goes to their games, takes them to scouts, helps with school, et cetera. But this brings him no joy. He has told me he can't wait for them to go to bed at night so he can finally do what he wants to do. Also, he said he looks forward to them growing up and moving away so he can have his life back. I feel guilty for manipulating him into his unhappiness. My question is, what joy do you find in the purpose of being a father? I'm hoping that something about your story will spark something in him. Oh, Ooh. that's so sad. Well, it's it's hard for me to define purpose in his life. Uh, that, you know, uh, that is uh, his wheelhouse by definition. Um, what I would say is of course it brings you stress though, because anything that is worth having is stress inducing. Anything that's worth building means it takes stress to achieve. And I completely understand and somewhat identify with the idea that, yeah, as a consequence of becoming a dad and trying to do my best to be a good dad, it means there's less me time. I don't really even play Xbox ever anymore. And I, I kind of miss that. I wish I could. There are other things that I don't do much of anymore because my life is more geared toward that purpose, the purpose yeah. of, of my son and our marriage and our household to provide for him. So, but I, all I would say is sort of um, the, the difficulties that that brings are part of that purpose. Purpose doesn't yeah. mean I love every moment all the time. Purpose means that it provides um, value and direction to my life, I suppose. And it's hard to argue a counterfactual for this guy. Uh, if you if you had a different life where you didn't have to deal with all these obligations of fatherhood, would you in fact be happier? I don't know, but I can tell you for me, I had 
flavors of that life we referenced four years ago when we were on Match.com. I had, you know, I, I was doing a job I loved in this channel, in this show. And I had, you know, a perfectly comfortable life that I, that I was living. And I could play all the Xbox I wanted when I wasn't doing that job that I enjoyed. But I didn't have the purpose that is a family to provide for and something to give uh, somebody to give my legacy to when my time has passed. I didn't have that. And that always kind of weighed on me, even though I played a lot of Call of Duty and enjoyed every minute of it. I, I, I think that if he doesn't see it now, that when his time comes and he has his children to pass his life onto, he will see the value in that. I hope. And in another world where I never found anybody and I was still just playing Xbox to my heart's desire. Sure. I might get momentary enjoyment out of that, but every night I, w- I would probably go to bed and wonder, is there more? Is there, more is there something that? that I'm supposed to be doing besides, you know, talking shit to 16 year olds on call. D. I'm not saying that's what he wants to do. I'm saying that's what I did. Um, that's the best I can do. I can't tell him how to find value in his life, but I bet that when his life um, culminates, that he will he will see that he will see the value of what he builds, and he he won't have regrets about that. I I highly doubt it. Yep. Yep. Um, this is Chris M. Hey, faggots! Assuming vaccine mandates, passports, and mask mandates actually end one day. When they are gone, do you think there will be much reconciliation from the people targeted or will it be a permanent sticking point in the cultural psyche going forward? Um, reconciliation like like people want like the people targeted want recompense or like they're trying to psychologically reconcile why they were targeted. I think that's not super clear. I think it's going to be a permanent sticking point in the cultural narrative going forward. Yeah. Assuming the mandates actually end, end when are the uh, when they are gone, do you think there will be much reconciliation from the people? The people yeah, I'm a little confused. Do you mean reconciliation for the people who acted wrongly and f- exerting force on others? Or do you Definitely mean recon- not. <laughs> recon- that, that's not going to happen? People, people, there are plenty of people who belong in prison who will never see a single day behind bars. Based reconciliation on the sentence, I think he means like, will people that were targeted be able to reconcile why they were targeted? No. Oh, well, that's interesting. Like as a matter of legal justice, absolutely not. There will be no legal reconciliation either for the people victimized or for the people who did the victimizing. Reconciliation could mean, will the people who are victimized come to mental terms with that and understand it and see it clearly in retrospect? I would love for such a thing. That's the that's like the best possible realistic scenario to me i think maybe yeah but i what i'm saying is like i don't think there's going to be much forgiveness towards the powers that be oh i i I think they'll be immediately forgiven and granted even more power maybe i I don't think the the thirst for vengeance which is totally appropriate and justified here is not in fact very thirsty at all it should be but that's not the answer i wanted people believe they kept them safe people believe that the reason they're alive is because of dr fauci and not insignificant numbers people so much Zombie Canadian butt plug. Come on, guys. Will there ever be a way in which the media will stop hating on people who defend themselves against someone willing to cause harm to somebody? Uh, as long as it is not does not support their larger narrative, no. They don't care about justice. Uh, I agree. Yeah, we just talk about media malice. I think cynically, you want to follow that trend. Uh, it, 
if I believe that there are people out there who are outright hostile to your rights and want to dominate you and want to be your master, of course, they're going to be hostile to your ability to defend yourself from them or any of their friends. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, you won't. You won't see them <laughs> turn around on that no. one. Uh, conservative monkey. How, Matt, how did you work through your reservations about carrying with one in the chamber? I have a Ruger 38 that I rarely carry because it doesn't have a safety. I prefer to carry it with around in the chamber, but I'm hesitant to do so in a weapon. Without a safety, I usually carry a Smith & Wesson MP Shield 9mm, but it is too bulky for some situations. Would prefer the Ruger at these times. On a side note, not making some sort of sounder out of Blonde's obsession with her own farts from the Sunday show seems to be a missed opportunity, just saying. <laughs> if you want I'm to not obsessed. The... It's COVID. If you want to cut the clip for me, uh, perhaps I'll have use for it. Um, how did that come to be? I suppose just comfort with carrying and handling firearms for me. That's how it came to be. But we had, who was the nice lady in Florida who used to send us video messages all the time? I Gosh, I've, I want to credit her properly. Was yeah, it that's it was Emily. I'm pretty sure she's out there listening right now. And her name is Ashley and she's really pissed she's off. She's like, these mother. Yeah. But okay. she had always her name. She always sent messages and said it's uh, one. in the. I think it was. It was one in the chamber for Emily. Was it not? She kind of challenged yeah. me yeah. to do that. She and eventually that, voice, that just kind of became the norm. And I, I agree that just carrying one in the chamber was a source of discomfort, regardless of the firearm at the start for me. Then it became, well, I've got a manual safety on this. Like nothing's going to manual safety plus proper holster. It's literally impossible for this thing to go off. Yeah. Um, and then it became, well, if you have a proper holster, you don't need a manual safety. <laughs> so you would argue maybe it's a detriment because it's another thing to manipulate in a moment when you need that gun. Um, and so for me, it's comfort with carrying and it's trust in the systems that I'm using. In that case, it's a proper holster that the trigger is not going to be manipulated. Um, don't do any backflips like the FBI guy with the Glock. And as long as it's not falling off your person and out of your holster, that thing is not going to go off. Um, but that said, I, I don't I don't think that you absolutely must carry the way that I carry or that anybody carries or carry it all if you don't want to. But I certainly believe a firearm on your person, no matter well, I shouldn't say no matter how you carry, because there are dangerous ways to carry if you're an idiot. You don't go no safety, one in the chamber, in your pocket, no holster, right. for example. Yeah. But other than that, you can go up to your own lines of comfort. And in a situation where I needed it, would I rather have one with a thumb safety, none uh, and, and nothing in the chamber than not have anything at all? Yeah. Even if I have to, yeah. even if I have it's to manipulate the safety, second, yeah. even if I have to rack the gun. Yeah. I've determined that I don't want to have to manipulate all those things in the heat of the moment if I had to. But if you feel like you're more comfortable having to do that manipulation, it's better than not having anything to manipulate at all. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's strictly just handling and carrying and doing that over time and developing your trust in the system. That's all. That's it. And if you're not there yet Get with your confidence. trust in the system, keep shooting. Um, keep carrying perhaps you'll get there but that's yeah. okay if you don't you don't that there's the gun community and i'm not saying everybody but it's kind of like the car community um there's kind of like loyalties to certain brands or products or even styles and by that i mean how you carry or how you conduct yourself i I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I don't care about like, well, you got to you got to carry this or you got to carry this way or you got to have this or this gun's the best. And if you don't have that gun, you're an idiot. 
not everybody, but there's kind of a segment of the community that's like that. You need to do what's best for you and what your comfort level is. And if, and if it's, if it's thumb safety and none in the chamber, have at it. Perhaps you'll change your mind later, but it's up to you to do that. Yep. Don't shoot the messenger. The question I've been longing to get, get to, um, hi, blonde aside from the old factory issues. Have you had any other lingering or new symptoms uh, that one is common and maybe neurological below or two relevant articles? I know CNN is trash, but check their source material. Be sure to watch the video in the first one. It mentions brain matter loss about halfway through lingering symptoms um, may also be caused by a mix of brain informa- uh, inflammation and microclots. He also says something about long COVID. Okay, first of all, I don't think that long COVID exists. My dad keeps mentioning the study to me where um, they break down the demographic features of people that have have had long COVID, and they're identical to the to the demographic features of people that have fibromyalgia. It's like middle aged women. I think the entire thing is somatic hmm. and uh, manifestation of people like middle aged women's hypochondriasis. Um, in terms of the neurological issues. I read this Lancet study that you linked, and it's like a robust study. It has 230,000. The cohort is 230,000 people. But they do not correct for vaccination status, and so it's just a worthless study for me. It's like any of these things that they mention, the brain loss matter, the stroke, um, could just be a result of the vaccination. Yeah. So, so I have no idea what's related to COVID and what's causal. What I do know is that they talk a lot about anxiety and having neurological issues that are psychological based on COVID. How do we not know that that's not just because people with existing mental health issues are interacting with the medical community more and they're finding out they have mental health issues or they're developing anxiety or other issues because of the because of um, like uh, the lack of social interaction and being isolated? We're already seeing people's uh, drug addictions get much worse and overdoses skyrocket as a result of just the social consequences. So I have no reason to think it's causal with COVID. Um, and then uh, what if people are just, they're just developing society or anxiety around having COVID because of the narrative. Hmm. So I find all these are just worthless. It says that the most common diagnosis was anxiety following COVID founding 17% of people treated for COVID-19, which is basically the, the baseline level for society anyway. Hmm. Like only 17% of people have anxiety right now. Seriously? Anyway, I think this is all bullshit. I don't think long COVID is real. Oh, another person put their GoFundMe in for somebody with long COVID. And I just deleted that question because I think the whole thing is bullshit. So sorry, (laughs) dude. All right. Gilgamesh, didn't you already have one? I don't think he did tonight. Mm. Matt and Blonde, what do you think of President Lincoln? Do you think he was a tyrant? I did a video on Sunday about the real Lincoln. You might want to watch it. Um, yeah, I think he unlawfully kept together a union of states that was no clearly no longer voluntary. And a lot of it was self-interest. And I don't really think that he cared about emancipation in the way that he is made out to be. I don't think that was his primary motivation. I think it was financial and self-serving. Mm. I mean, he was made to he's made to be this huge figure in American history. And I just don't think it's the way that it um, it has been written in the history books. I am not uh, a, a, a quote unquote expert on Civil War history, though I am very interested in it. But um, but the, the the issue for Lincoln is 
even if you grant, let, let's say that he was pure in his motives as you're talking about, and it was strictly about the morality of slavery. It's a very interesting question. Um, even if you're right on the moral question, do you have the right to impose that on others um, in their, in their, I suppose, their own home, their own space? That's sort of the fundamental question of the Civil War. Um, do... I don't know if I would go as far as to say tyrant, um, but I, I suppose if, if the South secedes and he still goes after them, it's no longer it's no longer a voluntary association at that point. You are chasing them down, exerting force on them to force their association. I mean, we can talk about the the Im- immorality of slavery, and I do agree it's obviously a fundamental immorality. There is also a fundamental immorality about chasing people down and forcing their association with you. Yeah. Yeah. Does one justify the other? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I won't make definitive. Uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give him a definitive title based on that, but uh, certainly the civil war as a, as a morally complex matter, it has a lot more nuance and complexity than, than sort of the legend of Abraham Lincoln uh, is presented. And, and, by the the other side of it, the evilness that is assigned to the Confederacy, that they were all just bad guys who wanted to whip black people for the rest of their days, that there were no yeah. other issues of consideration. Yeah, that's preposterous. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, thanks. I'll, perhaps I'll, I'll check out your, your video and good, good luck on the channel. Damn it. In my spiel about COVID, I said somatic and I meant to say psychosomatic. Otherwise, it was almost perfect. Ah, well. Damn. Thank you, you live you chat. It's uppity pieces okay mcmonahan says greetings fellow honkers if you were in charge what do you think could be done to fix the mental health problems in western nations could these problems self-resolve if government just left everyone alone um no i don't think that that's gonna do it uh we've talked about this before i think i made a video about this a long time ago but especially with substance abuse issues um the portugal model where they created uh, like a stronger uh, network of support in recovery for drug addicts. They they have like the lowest recidivism rate after having an incredibly high rate of addiction. I know that that's not necessarily what you're talking about. You're talking about um, myriad mental health problems, but I think that's probably a good proxy. Uh, I think that if you create a strong society, this sounds like such a cop-out answer. I've given this answer for like five things we've talked about. If you create a strong society with uh with men that are masculine and women that are feminine and nuclear families that are functional and you get the divorce rate down and people are having kids and they're gainfully employed and they have incentives to be good citizens and to own property um people just have fewer mental health issues yeah they, they have fewer addiction problems they they're able to to deal with suffering in a, a better healthier way that was going to be my answer does uh, a smaller government inherently resolve this problem? Not inherently, but I think it does no. insofar as it reduces the viability of government dependence, which means what reliance on family, which means what preservation of that purpose we were talking about earlier and the, and the sort yeah. of relationships that actually can help you. I'm not saying exactly. that the person at the clinic that's state funded can't help you in any way. It's just, they don't know you as well as your parents do, or your brother or your sister does. They also don't care about you as much. They can't, they, they cannot do that. 
They can provide value to you. I'm not saying there should be none of these things. We should have medical professionals. We should have clinics. We should have all of these things. But they can't replace broken homes. And to the extent we've built, in in many cases, incentive to live, uh, incentive to break homes and be government dependent instead, that's a consequence. So um, that's true. And then the trauma that you um, that you get that you're subjected to as a child from living in a broken home and having that kind of psychological abuse and everything that just reverberates throughout your life and, and just spreads to other parts of your, your social network and your working life. And if we could just get that under control, yeah, it would just have a net positive effect in society, obviously. Uh, Chris to the J Um, convention of states update South Dakota HJR 5001 in limbo and Senate after committee hearing pushed for floor debate today failed 1916 in 32 three Republican majority Kansas Iowa hearings tomorrow on their resolutions West Virginia and pin actions likely within the next two weeks. How do we differentiate between populist Republicans and Republicans that are really Dems, (laughs) i.e. they run to win their district? Yeah, this is, again, the theme where Republicans have massive majorities in state legislatures and someone inexplicably refused to sign on to the convention of states that we mentioned earlier, which makes no sense, given both that they are state legislators who should want power for their states and that they are uh, supposed to be small government conservatives ideologically who would, by ideology, want power uh, focused in the states uh how do we differentiate well maybe you just make that a litmus test for those candidates hey do you support a convention of states yes or no yeah that's a pretty good indicator if this is what you're after Mm -hmm. don't try to judge that by some proxy or try to infer it from the things they say just ask them point blank and the good news as we've mentioned for a lot of these state legislate state legislators is uh they're accessible you can do that you could send him an email. You could call him and you might even talk to the person instead of just his intern or something. And you yeah. can say, uh, hey, do you support a convention of states? He'll probably uh, answer that for you. Yep. Um, they will. They're super reachable. Uh, incompetent hands. I think we're going to make it. Okay. I've been thinking about hypergamy and hierarchy. Blonde, you mentioned how you find men nerding out over sports unappealing. Is it the same when women go on and on about the Kardashians and the housewives? What women do this? Is this also gay? You said a couple <laughs> months ago, men hate women because of hypergamy as it relates to conquering nations. Did I say that? I don't remember. I don't hate You're women supposed if I to invade. I, I don't remember saying that. I don't hate women if I invade a planet full of Lauren Chen's. I wouldn't like a race of Mel Gibson's taking over Earth, but I still understand hypergamy. Are women so much more social they can't see these realities, or do we both see flaws in the opposite sex's hierarchy? I don't think that my problem here is that I'm too soft on women. I I, I reject this. Okay. Hmm. Um, women, when, women should not be going on and on about the Kardashians or the housewives. I don't know any women that do this. Is it gay? No, but it's fucking lame. Like, why are these mutually exclusive? They both can be lame and stupid and unappealing. And what does this have to do with hypergamy? I guess I don't understand. This sounds like more of a you question, too. So I, I'll probably have to defer said on this one. A couple months ago, men hate women because of hypergamy as it relates to conquering nations. I did say that. Okay. I said that men resent women because we're biologically adaptive in that if a tribe takes over our tribe instead of, you know, committing suicide or whatever we just adapt to having children with the new 
yeah. with the new guys. Like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? We're physically weak. What do you want us to do here? Okay. Um, I don't hate women if I invade a planet full of Lauren Chen's. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Lauren Chen is also going to have the same biological hypergamy as any other woman. It's, it's all of us. It's all of us. And Mel Gibson, whom I love, is a huge piece of shit. He left his wife and six children to bang some Russian slut. What? Why do you give him a pass for that? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's the, the drunken ranting. All right. <laughs> okay. I guess he's a great film director. I don't know why Mel Gibson gets a pass, gets a pass. There are these movie stars that like, I still reluctantly really like, hmm. I don't know. I, I reject this whole question in common hands. Okay. Kitchen sink. Last one. We're going to make it. Can't believe it. Have you heard of the proposed earn it act? Originally pushed by professional fag Lindsey Graham and Bill Barr. <laughs> he has a faggot, isn't he? Uh, basically would coerce companies to give government encryption access to user, user data for companies like Apple, Amazon, and Facebook under the guise of preventing child porn. Wow. I can send a link. Um, isn't living in a nanny state such a bless? I have read about this loosely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure this is happening all the time anyway. How could All that of ever our be user abused? data is just everywhere. I yeah. can't no, imagine such a world. Movie. I'll take your word for it. I'm not familiar with the um, specific proposal, but I'll take your word for it that that's accurate. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me if it is. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's the same general premise. Even if you agree like, yeah, we got to, we had to crack down on child pornographers. Sure. How about we go after child pornographers instead of surrendering, surrendering all of our data? To yeah. It's the same idea with the Patriot yeah. Act or terrorism or anything else. Well, we got it. We got a bunch of terrorists to get. Okay. Um, exactly. Why do we all have to surrender our own privacy and our own rights in pursuit of that? It, it, it doesn't. And, and by the way, are we so much safer from terrorists because of it? If we give Lindsey Graham access to our data, uh, are the child pornographers going to take massive Who's going to take more damage, the child pornographers or us? Us, for sure. Uh, pr- probably a safe bet. Um. Oh my gosh, we did it. We do have let's, chat though. We we don't have too much chat. Let's just get okay. in and get. Let me out. um check in with Tippy Stream really quick. Uh, knuckle. Oh wait, wait, wait. So. Phil. Phil says the progressive cultural victory is so complete that the opposition party claims to be better progressives themselves. This is the uh, the quote I was stumbling trying to find. Ah, I see. It's sort of like, um, well, it's sort of along the theme of like the the Democrats are the real racist thinking. It's like yeah. we can beat you on the terms that you have established and prove ourselves more virtuous under your terms. That's kind of the theme you're getting at. And yeah, maybe the, the, the idea is we need to reject those terms in totality instead of trying to find ways to satisfy or appease those terms because those terms are bunk. Yep, exactly. Knuckle Hunky Buck says, I get the jab so I can travel, find myself, and buy some wooden crap to hang on my wall that says live, love, wine. Bullshit. It would be in Italian, though, of course. It wouldn't be in English. Yeah. Find yourself through principle and saying, I will not comply as principle. That is a much more concise way of explaining what I was trying to get at. You're right. Yep, um, yeah. Thank you for that. Are you good over there? Yep. Okay, knuckle hunky buck. Compromise equates to cutting the baby in half and giving half to each parent. Uh, here, here. Um, yeah, exactly. It is not. Exactly. It, it has no value itself. There's got to be a fundamental value or principle on which it is based to have value. Yep. Uh, Rugal Migdal, the caller channeling Norm Macdonald, is 
Hilarious. Um, I've been listening to this Norm. He was talking about the guy telling the number. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening to this Norm right. McDonald um, album. Uh, what is it called? Something about text. Everybody has to listen to it. It's so funny. I miss Norm McDonald. He was just, he was just the best. Matthew Rowley. I left Michigan because I was accused of carrying a sniper rifle in a mall for carrying black a black car ice scraper. They still charged me with concealing a weapon. See how quickly that could have gone. Thank you. <laughs> I, sp- I suppose that was a quicker version of the story. That it said, so I find quicker, the yeah. basic premises of the story very interesting, very interesting and I would like to hear yeah. more. Could not um, have told it in a less appealing way. Though. You know, the, I, and I say this in jazz. I, I, I like Michigan expat. I'm not trying to rip him, but I don't you know, dislike it's, him. It's kind Those... of like me at the start where I say, are you familiar with the company Adidas? They make uh, yeah. shoes and they make, you know, uh, track pants with the three stripes down the side. Yes, I, I know what an ice scraper is. <laughs> yeah. Knuckle hunky buck. Once upon a time in a faraway land, there was a man who decided to go to the mall. It was the day before Valentine's Day and the weather was snowy. I know. Freaking sweet taco. I, I can't read this. It's the first one. I can't do it. It's too bad. Well, all right. I got to see it then. Uh, incompetent hands hey matt have you been listening to quite frankly he's on fire but he uh but he's saying he's taking over montana after he finished yellowstone your thoughts oh i didn't hear him say that but i do listen to frank's show yeah um i would love to get frank and his uh lovely family to move out this way that'd be great um and i know for him it's really tough because he's in one of those spots where he's in new york and he has family establishment york Mm -hmm. yeah like suburban (sighs) new york city um and he's in the spot where it's like yeah you have your entire life established there you have your family there you have business uh enterprise that you've established there your home is there i know it's so easy to say and this is one thing he would say too it's so easy to say well you just leave you just pack up and leave yeah and you do want to preserve that freedom it's an important thing to preserve you want to be able to leave if you must but i also understand the difficulty and i i i will have a difficult time if it t- comes for me here of just leaving everything I know and, and the value that this place that I live has to me and saying, well, they took it over. So I guess this isn't my place anymore. Yeah. Uh, that it's easier said than done. And so I got, I have a lot of um, sympathy for, for Frank and everybody in that situation. But that said, if he moves to Montana, he's uh, he's plenty welcome here. He just yeah, might find the same fight as soon as he arrives instead of New Yorkers. He'll find <laughs> Californians instead. <sighs> I'd rather deal with New Yorkers, honestly. I'm, I'm, they, they aren't here in concentration. I don't even know what they're like. I just know that they New have Yorkers, weird they're, accents they're and they're rude. They're less passive aggressive. Yeah, they're rude. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Thunderstorm, what is your moral opinion on genetics, designer weapons for certain groups for a more loving world? <laughs> I, I, um, is he talking about like eugenics? Like, do, I guess like, so. That's kind of what like it sounds genetic like. Genetic selection for certain yeah. traits. I don't know, man. I mean, on the one hand, I find it highly immoral. On the other hand, I know a guy who has Marfan's disease and he did IVF with his wife and genetically selected the embryo- embryos. And now none of his children have Marfan's disease. So that can't be a bad thing, but it's not sanctioned in my religion either. So It's it's one of the slipperier slopes there are, deciding it's what lives are worth living. Yeah. Uh, what lives, rather. What lives? What, what am I doing? We're at two and a half <laughs> hours. 833. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why we sound like retards. Eric Marley. Good faith question, Blonde. How are we going to get $50 million to Murdoch, Murdoch, and exactly what does it look like after we get them the money? I mean, I wasn't saying we should try to get them $50 million. I'm just saying 
it, what if we could? Uh, I mean, they would get canceled immediately. I mean, I don't really know that having tons of money would help them that much, but it sure has helped Joe Rogan. Uh, he has a hundred million dollars of leverage, and that's why he shouldn't have apologized. Hmm. Also because it makes him seem like a pussy. Eric Marley also said, devil's advocate of the vaccine is causing widespread common terrible effects. Why aren't we seeing tons of vaccinated people suffering in the street? Because um, it's conflated with uh, health issues that they're saying is caused by COVID. Um, alternatively, I think that some of them are going to be later problems because uh, of the spike proteins. I think it's going to cause like, a, an increase in vulnerabilities in people's immune systems that are going to be attributed to other things. You're not ever going, if it's not like happening right after you get the vaccine, how could you ever make some kind of causal inference from like a medical perspective and document it in the way that we want? Like if your cancer comes back, that was, has been in remission uh, two years after you get the vaccine, no one's going to believe you when you say that this is some kind of vaccine. Yeah issue depends on your definition of widespread too like do, do i believe that it, it, it's it's this huge population of people no yeah, i don't have but the what numbers one percent of people but, but they they certainly exist and i know they exist because there are hearings with people like ron johnson and others where people who are injured through this 100 1000 percent effective vaccine yeah. susan people who are injured speak about it and does that mean it's widespread i, I don't know i'd have to know what the definition of that is but the, the undeniable reality to me is a total uh, media suppression of such people. It, it, now, if there's one one of them, ten of them, a hundred, a thousand, does that mean that that uh, you assess your risk on account of them? Maybe, maybe not. That's up to you. But it is information that's just as valid as any of the other uh, information about the the vaccine's benefits, and should be out there for public consideration. So, okay, so four point eight billion people are vaccinated mm -hmm. right now really uh 4.8 yeah. billion that's like uh the entire global it's population 61 percent of the global population yeah. okay so let me do some math because i'm not good at how did they get math. all the people in like the the mud huts around the world um i need commas fuck can somebody tell me what 4.8 billion one percent of 4.8 billion is in the wouldn't that chat? be 480 million or 48 million what am i Four hundred eight. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, you, wait I'll I'll read the chats. You do the you do the calculator, okay. since this is your premise here. I don't. Okay. Uh, all right. Why are there no commas? Okay. In the meantime, Knuckle Hunky Buck says Don Lemon may not be incompetent, but I suspect he might be incontinent. Wow. Aha. Got him. AC Kuderick says thanks for being good people you are game changers uh, for the world appreciate you guys cheers from the 313 i don't actually know where that is but thank okay, you it's for the 48 kind million so if 4.81 billion um people are vaccinated on earth there's a one percent adverse effect some of those people are getting myocarditis other they're just having weakened immune response that's 48 million people experiencing adverse effects where are we getting the one percent figure though What's, that's arbitrary that? Oh, you're just, but you're I would say that's an a example. low. Yeah, it's arbitrary. If, if that's a that's a low rate of of adverse effects for the vaccine, one percent. I mean, ninety nine percent. Well, of it could be as low as fine. you know a tenth of that or a hundredth of that. Yeah. you're still talking but, about hundreds of but, thousands of people. But one percent—that's forty eight yeah. million people on the planet that are experiencing adverse effects from the vaccine, which is clearly non negligible. All right. 
Well, uh, I think we'll have to leave it there. We are. Are we done? Well beyond the bottom of the hour. So uh, appreciate right. everybody's questions tonight, too. That was probably more than we've handled in some time. Anything else you have to say before we get out of here? I'm really tired. All I right. Like I was like up all night doing drugs or something. I'm tired. <laughs> it is dinner time for me, so I can't wait. Neat. But uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us as always. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for your email messages. Thank you for your super chats. Uh, we will be back on Sunday, of course. Reminder, one hour, about one hour later than normal. But whenever the oh, Super yeah. Bowl ends, we will be going live. Um, and of course, if you're looking for anything show related, head on over to the website. That's MattChristensenMedia.com. Everything you might be looking for is set up there. Have a great night and we will see you on Sunday. Bye.